as we often do, I want to get straight into the topic, inshallah. And today we're actually going to be talking about the issue of music and whether music is permissible or not in the religion of Islam. And as always, I'm going to give you the opportunity to start with your introduction. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, lahu alhamdul hasan, wa thanau al-jameel, wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah, wa ashadu la sharika lah, yaqoolu al-haqqa wa huwa yahdi al-sabeel, wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh, sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa tabi'ina lahum bihsanin ila yawmi ddeen ama ba'd. Inshallah ta'ala, before I go into the ruling of music and what it is uh, in our sharia, I think it's very important that we first of all understand what these terms are or else what's going to happen is khalt, confusion. You're going to be talking about something, I'm going to be talking about something okay. and they might come out from there. Yani, when we don't have the same thing in mind and um, we're given yani, two different rulings in order to come together is that we first of all agree on these definitions, these okay. terms and then we make our way. Cool. So I've looked into the books of the ulama What they've said about al-ghina for example That's the term Al-ghina means singing um, Al-ghina the ulama When I looked at their categorization Or their definition of the word I found that their categorization Revolves around three Okay And you can find it in the kitab Kafur uh, By Ibn Hajar al-Haytami and also Talbisu Iblis by Ibn al-Jawzi and also Majmu' al-Fatawa by Ibn al-Taymiyyah and Itahafu Sadat al-Muttaqeen by Al-Zabidi. Um, those great scholars have mentioned يعني, the types I'm going to be mentioning, inshallah ta'ala. Okay, and those, these types are, of course, the Quran has shown it and the Sunnah and also the istilah al-Ulama, uh, the usage of the scholars, Ahlul Lugha. And other than them inshallah ta'ala So the first categorization is Al-ghina which is mubah Okay which So there's a type of Singing which is permissible And that is That which is just Mujarrad raf'ul sawt Just raising the voice With poetry for example Or other than poetry And there's recitation to it um, And it's not done in a way where uh, It has you know, when people sing, uh, singers, professional singers, they have, يعني, it's a science for them. So they, they have rhythms, they follow like a tone, and a a tone okay. uh, pronunciation, articulation. It's none of that. Okay, fine. Um, it's just مجرد التارتيل and maybe التارجيع, which is معتدل. It doesn't go outside the natural form of the person. It's not something you need to study or learn. And this is generally used, according to the early Arabs, when there was عمل شاق, a hard 
يعني labor work they were doing they would say these words mm. or if they were car- carrying anything heavy or they were traveling a far distance in order to make things easy for themselves and it's called according to the arabs hudail arab okay they do it for their camels when they يعني, sing for the also uh, women sing it for their children okay uh, Women are singing just to you know calm their children down. For example, uh, "Rockabye Baby." Yeah. For example, may fall under this one, okay. and I think every every um, culture has something similar to this. Uh, and also, the slave girls back in those times singing to one another. Uh, also, yeah, poetry and all of this falls under this form. But there's no there's no melody to it. Is that is that right, or is there can there be a little melody to it? Like, what do you, exactly? What do you mean? See, these terms are a bit more, uh, like general terms. So when you say, are there melody to it? Yani, it's like recitation of the Quran. Is there is there a melody to it? Yeah, to, yeah, to a certain extent. Yeah. So then that's the level of it. Okay. this type, we have we have there's no issue on this one, and um, this is part of the Sunan of the Arabs. Arabs were like this. This is not something new for them. The way that the Arabs were in terms of how their personality and their singing and it was. And Imam al-Shatibi mentions in his Atisam, he says, وَالْعَرَبُ لَمْ يَكُنْ لَهُمْ مِنْ تَحْسِينِ النَّغَمَاتِ مَا يَجْرِ مَجْرَ مَنْ نَاسُ عَلَيْهِ الْيَوْمَ The way that the people are today when it comes to singing, the Arabs before were not like that, he says. بَلْ كَانُوا يُنْشِدُونَ الشِّعْرَ مُطَلَّقًا They used to just sing uh, and they used to say those يعني, words من غير أن يتعلموا هذه ترجيعات without having to study these rhythms التي حدثت بعدهم which came after so they used to just say as it is and then he mentions the example of Abdullah ibn Rawaha the companion when he was doing it in front of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and the Ansar was saying it when they were also building the trench نحن الذين بايعوا محمدا like that. Right, okay, fine. And then they would respond to each other by saying, Allahumma la aisha illa aishu al-akhirah, faghfil lil-ansari wal-muhajirah. These type of statements Shatibi says. Okay. So this type is permissible. It is from the ghina, the singing which is mubah. Fine. Walidhalika, the hadith, inshallah ta'ala, of our mother Aisha, radiyallahu ta'ala, where the two slave girls were singing. It's mentioned that, Ibn al-Jawzi mentions in his Talbis Iblis, that Ja'far ibn Muhammad and he said قلت لي أبي عبد الله I said to يعني إمام أحمد I said to him about the hadith of Aisha and Aisha تحوان يغنين إيش هذا الغناء what were these two women who were singing in front of our mother Aisha what were they and then he said غناء الراكبي it's the singing of the rider and he mentioned what they were like saying أتيناكم أتيناكم Khalal mentioned in his kitab Al-Amr bil-Ma'roof al-Munkar Ibn al-Jawzi mentions in his kitab Talbisu Iblis So that's the type we're talking about here Which is Mubah Also Ibn Asir commented on that same Hadith of our mother Aisha Hadith al-Jariyatayn Latayni which Kanata tughaniyani al-Aisha They were singing for Aisha He said Ay tunshidani al-Ash'ar They were reading poetry Alati qilat yawma bu'athin Which was said on the day of bu'ath And this is called وَسُمِّيَ ذَلِكَ Ibn Athir's kitab النِّهَايَةِ so, فِي غَرِيبِ الْحَدِيثِ It's in the words which are strange. So he's trying to explain to what the word غِنَى means. He says أَيْ تُنْشِدَانِ الْأَشْعَارِ Here in this hadith it means that they were يعني reading poetry which was said on the day of Bu'ata وَسُمِّيَ ذَلِكَ غِنَاءً لِنَوْعٍ يَثْبُتُ فِيهِ الْإِنْشَادِ 
وترجيعه سيز ولكن لم يكن يسمون ذلك مغنيا إلا من يحسن الغناء ويتعاطاه لذلك استدركت عائشة قولها بعبارة ليستا مغنيتين so these people women were just singing يعني this type that we mentioned ابن حجر منشن فتح الباري رحمه الله explaining the hadith of جاريتين he said الغناء يطلق على رفع الصوت وعلى الترنم وعلى الحداء ولا يسمى فاعله مغنيا وإنما سمي ذلك he said وإنما سمي بذلك sorry من ينشد بتمطيط وتكسير وتهييج وتسويق فيما فيه تعريض الفواحش أو تصريحه A summary of what he says or? It means just They were Raising their voices Maybe beautifying it And he mentions Like a huda Huda Again it's the term That's going to keep coming back It's referring to The way that they used to sing For their camels And if you go on YouTube You can see it Arabs how they sang For their for their camels And yeah, the camel When it's done It, it starts moving It starts, okay. it starts Also when they do it Amongst themselves They're carrying heavy things And they do it together This also helps them Form a motivation, keep the morale high, keep them like high. Nah. Okay, also Qadi Iyad mentions it, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, which is he mentions it, his statement, Suyuti mentions it in his kitab, Adibaj. He says, Kana Gina Uma, these two women who were with Aisha, their singing was Bima Hua Min Ash'ari al Arab, it was the poetry of the Arabs, while Mufakharati was Shajati, or Dhuhuri, while Ghalabati, who had a lay Huyjul Jawari, Allah Shatin, while if Sadin. Same. Uh, Suyuti himself mentions it in his Zahri al-Ruba Munawi Abd al-Rauf al-Munawi mentions it in his Hashiyat al-Mujtaba He says Tughanniyani ay tarfa'ani aswatahuma They were just raising their voices Okay Bi inshaad al-Shi'ri Huwa qareemun min al-Hudai It was like a Huda Okay, okay. Also Ibn Abdul Barra Rahimahullah mentions A very powerful point He says Wahadha al-Babu min al-Ghina Alladhi ajazahu al-Ulama Wa waradati al-Athalu an al-Salafi bi ijazatihi You see, وهو يسمى غناء الركبان وغناء النصب والحداء هذه الأوجه من الغناء لا خلاف في جوازها بين العلماء. So this type it is, يعني the scholars have all allowed it. Fine, okay, there's no okay. dispute amongst the scholars. And, and the salaf, many of them they've said it. it's called sometimes غناء الرك الركبان, it's called غناء النصب, it's also called حداء. يعني this type which I just explained now, this one he says لا خلاف في جوازها بين العلماء. There's no dispute amongst the scholars regarding this. Okay. What's and, the second? Sorry. And before I go into the second one, it comes in many forms. Many athar that have shown it. For example, Ghina al Jawari fi ayyamu Eid in the Hadith of Aisha, which was on the day of Eid. So the day of Eid, these two women were singing in the front, in front of the Prophet alayhi salatu salam. Abu Bakr basically rejected their action, and then he said to them, "Abi Mizmari Shaytani, Abi Mizmari Shaytani, عند النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم." He said to them, are you going to play the Mizmar of Shaitan in the presence of the Prophet ﷺ? And then the Prophet told him, he said, he told him that this is allowed, it's his own Mu'id. Okay, by the way, the word Mizmar is used as beautifying your voice. Okay. It's not referred to as music all the time. Like when Dawood ﷺ, Allah mentioned, the Prophet mentioned in the Hadith of Sahih Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet said, لَقَدْ أُوْتِيْتَ مِزْمَارًا مِنْ مَزَامِيرِ أَلِ دَاوُدْ Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, you've been given Mizmara min mazamiri Ali Dawood Al-Imam Nawi mentions Al-Murad bin Mizmar He says it means Sawtul Hasan Wa Asmul Asul Mizmar He said it means Al-Ghina It's to sing Wa Alu Dawood Huwa Dawood Nafsuhu This is referring to Dawood The same Al-Iraqi He says in Tarhu Al-Tathrib He says Al-Murad bin Mizmar It means beautifying your voice The same thing Ibn Hajar mentions in Fathul Bari He says Al-Murad bin Mizmar Al-Sawtul Hasan So 
when he said to him, for example, uh, when uh, Abu Bakr said to uh, Aisha, are you going to be playing Mizmar al-Shaytan in the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? He meant the beautification of the voice, of course. But the Prophet corrected Abu Bakr mm. and told him, no, no, this is, this is the ghina, which is, which is mubah. Okay, I have some more questions on that hadith and I'm sure we're going to tackle them. Inshallah, inshallah. The second one is ghina al-jawari fil urs. Yani, the jawari are singing on the day of you know Eid, like the day of Eid. So this is the second type? Yeah, within the first part type, which is oh, within the first type, okay. Ha, the type. The second type is ghina al-jawari fil urs. Yani the jawari, the slave girls, are singing on the day of wedding. This is found in Bukhari, min hadithi Rubayr bint Mu'awwidin. She said, فَجَعَلَتْ جُوَيْرَاتٍ يَضْرِبْنَ بِالدُّفِّ There were slave girls who were يعني, hitting the duff. Um, and they were talking about, of course, the fa- their fathers on the day of Badr. Mubarak Afuri, rahimahullah, in Tuhfatul Ahwadi, he says, وَهِيَ ذِكْرُ أَوْصَافِ الْمَيِّتِ بِثَنَاءِ عَلَيْهِ وَتَعَدُّدِ مَحَاسِنِ بِالْكَرَمِ وَالشَّجَاعَةِ وَنَحْوِيَا That's all they were chanting. They were talking about their dead and what they praising them and stuff like that. The third one is, غِنَاءُ السَّفَرِ وَمِنْهُ الْحُدَاءُ وَالنَّصَبِ I mentioned that already. Yeah. The, and Huda ibn al-Jawzi mentions it in his Talbis Iblis. He says, وَهَذَا يُحَرِّكُ الْإِبْلِ وَالْآدَمِي Something that you say that moves a person. Um, of course, there's no, يعني, it's not outside the norms of a person. And of course, it's the famous one Ibn al-Qudama mentions in his Mughni, Abdullah ibn al-Rawaha was doing, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to him, رُوَيْدَكَ رِفْقًا بِالْقَوَارِي Rifqan bin Qawarir Yani Rifqan bin Nisa Be simple with the women Because it was getting The fourth type Within the first type That's permissible Is ghina Which is tanshit Ala al-a'mal al-shaqa I already mentioned it People are building houses They're building something And they just want something to Yani This is a type It's the same type Which is singing They sing In order to get the work done And it's the one I mentioned The sahabas were saying Allahumma la aisha illa aishu al-akhira Faghfir al-ansari wal-muhajira Like that and also a fifth type which would be which is ghina'ul ghuzati washuja'ani wal fursan horsemen's fighting in the battlefield and things like that all of which is basically legislation evidences have come regarding it and it's all the first type the second type so just to summarize the first type then this is the permissible type and this is a type where um, it's just like your voice is raised and it doesn't go out of any kind of natural voice or rhythm. It's not like anything that is yeah, it's just too far stretched. Naam. He says, Ibn Qudama, he says, And he doesn't go outside the norms. These people are just singing. like, yeah. And it just uses motivation and things like that. Just to which the evidence is so Second one, which is Al-Muharram. It's Haram. Which is when it becomes Talheen. والتطريب والتمطيط والتكسير والتهييج للنفوس مما يحرك الساكن ويبعث الكامنة This one the issue with it is that the person raises his voice but now he's following a melody he's following a rhythm he's following it's something outside the norms This is something the Arabs by the way didn't even know that Aslan في جاهليتها even in جاهلية times even لا في صدر الإسلام even when they entered Islam they didn't know this it was not something they knew This came from them by the Ajam Foreigners and the people non-Muslims, وأهل التخنث من العرب and also the تخنث of the Arabs. Um, we we said that the word uh, yeah, like the hy- yeah, hy- people who what was it again? The word you use hermaphrodite, hermaphrodites, uh, w- and also some أهل الظاهر and تصوف مما لا اعتدوا بقول في وفاقي أو خلاف. Arabs generally speaking didn't know this. It was introduced 
by people who had tasawwuf later onwards into Islam and of course people had takhannuth in them Ibn Abdul Barr he says wa amma al-ghina'u alladhi karihahu al-'ulama he said as for the singing you just said karih that that means makruh the word makruh according to the salaf rahimahullah is referred to haram Imam Alauddin al-Mardawi he says yutlaq al-makruh wa yurad bi al-haram wa kathir fi kalam Imam Ahmad wa ghayri min al-mutaqaddimin Ibn al-Najjar also said the same he said al-makruh fi urf al-mutaqaddimin the word makruh according to the early scholars okay it's uh, referring to which is haram we know obviously as not sorry mutaakhirin sorry the mutaqaddimin is haram the mutaakhirin is litanzih yani us we refer yeah. to it as يعني something disliked not halal but disliked Ibn al-Qayyim has a very powerful statement of his in his Ilam al-Muqa'in where he really explains it but he he gives an example of it happening in the Quran like Allah Taala, he says وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّا Allah is يعني he Allah destined that we do not worship anybody other than Allah that's shirk right and then Allah mentions وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا الزِّنَا and then Allah Taala mentions وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ so we have shirk we have zina we have killing an innocent person after the end of the page, Allah says in Surah Al-Isra, He says, كل ذلك كان سيئه عند ربك مكروها. All of that to your Lord is مكروه. مكروه here doesn't mean لتنزيه. It means لتحريم. So Allah mentioned shirk. Allah mentioned zina. Allah mentioned subhanahu wa ta'ala Which are all haram, obviously. No By unanimous agreement, that. no yeah, one's going to dispute that. So, it, and that's another important thing, which is we can't take a term used urf al-mutaakhirin and we force it on the urf al-mutaqaddimin. So I interrupted you uh, through that statement. So Ibn Abdul al-Barra, rahimahullah, he says, وَأَمَّا الْغِنَاءُ الَّذِي كَرِيهَهُ السَّلَفِ أَمَا كَرِيهَهُ الْعُلَمَاءُ فَهَذَا الْغِنَاءُ بِتَقْطِيعُ حُرُوفِ الْهِجَاءُ وَإِفْسَادِ وَزْنِ الشِّعْرِ وَتَمْطِيطِ طَلَبًا لِلَّهُ وَالطَّرْبِ وَخُرُوجًا عَنْ مَذَاهِ بِالْعَرَبِ so when the person cuts up uh, the letters in a particular way and destroys the, the form of poetry that the Arabs were aware of mm. by the way these that we study in poetry is something they knew the person breaks it and he brings he introduces this new studied, learnt, you learn it it's a science, singing is a science you learn this is the one that the Salaf and the ulama prohibited. And this is just with the voice still? We're just talking this about the voice? This is all by the voice. Okay. Keeping in mind that if the ibadat which are mashru'ah, the legislated acts of worship such as adhan and qira'at al-Qur'an, if someone does it in that way, يعني, if someone does it in that way, it's not even allowed. Let alone if you did it in normal human words. Say that point again. If someone was to take ibadat al-mashru'a, the legislated ibadat such as adhan, qira'at al-Qur'an, and the person they came with lahan and tatrib, they read it and recited it in the, a musical way. Okay. Then this is it's not allowed. You're not allowed to do that to the... Even um, for of worship, like reciting the Qur'an. Of course. And Imam uh, Sahib al-Mabsut mentions it, al-Hawil Kabir, you can find it, al-Furu' al-Muflah, they speak about it. Yani Qur'an. You can't do that in. And scholars يعني, clarify that. Ibn al-Qayyim has a very powerful statement. I would encourage the people to go and what, read it from the third volume, page 493 in Izad al-Ma'ad. He, he clarifies the two types that I mentioned. He says the first one is The first one is natural. Okay. When you hear someone saying it, it's like, Allahumma barik, Allah has given you a nice voice. That's what you would say to that person. And that's the one Abu Musa al-Ash'ari who said to the Prophet when the Prophet heard him recite the Quran. Yeah. And the Prophet ﷺ was amazed with his voice. 
He said to the Prophet, "Law alimtu bi makanika lahabbartuhu laka tahbira, ama lahabbirtu laka tahbira." If I was to know that you were standing, that you were listening to me, the Prophet, or Prophet of Allah, I would have beautified my voice for you. The second one is, it is. Uh, he says, "Makana min dalika sinaat min al-sarai." It's actually a profession from the professions out there, and it's outside a tabu uh, of a person. Walaysa fi tabu al-sabahatu. Bihi, the person is not natural. It comes from, he says, You have to train. You get it wrong, you get told, go back. You say this properly. Get, he will listen to you and say, go, down, down, go up. Right. It comes with all of that. This type, يعني, it's the one that's not permitted and it's not uh, allowed. Okay. I just have a question on the second type then, because I think this is uh, uh, just to bring it back to the contemporary discussion. Then, are we talking about just singing, or are we talking about listening to this as well? Uh, I haven't come to it. Yeah, I'm just saying the person singing. For now, I'm just talking about for just the person to sing. Yeah, I haven't come to listening to it. I also haven't spoken about musical instruments. I know we haven't. I know we haven't. I'm just talking about singing. Okay. Um, this second type, it's mutafakun ala tahrimi. It's unanimously agreed upon being haram. من الصحابة والتابعين والأئمة الأربعة وأصحاب المذاهب majority أكثر المحققين they stated it clearly أن أهل الحديث the people opposed is عبيد بن عبد الله بن الحسن العنبري who died in 168 he went against it and إبراهيم بن سعد القرشي who died in 183 and also ابن حزم الظاهري who died in 456 هجرية and أبو حامد الغزالي who died in 505 هجرية and محمد بن طاهر القيصراني who died in 507 they opposed it. Lakin the Ijma' was already there before them. The unanimous agreement mm-hmm. was already there before them. The clear cut text from the Quran and the Sunnah was already there before them. الطبري, when he, he has a kitab called Refutation of the one who loves to do Sama'a. I'm going to come to Sama'a later, inshallah. He says, الأمصار, So the ulama are unanimously in agreement. Karaha already took it, means. Prohibition. It's not allowed. The people went against the jama'ah. These two men, and they are Ibrahim ibn Sa'din and Ubaidullah. And Ibrahim ibn Sa'd al Qurashi and Ubaidullah ibn al Hassan al Ambari. Both of them. He mentioned Ijma', but he didn't consider their khilaf as a khilaf. Ibn Rajib did the same thing. He has a kitab called Nuzhatul Asma'. Page 20, he says, رحمه الله تعالى هي سيز أن يقع على وجه اللعب واللهو فالأكثر على تحريم ذلك أعني سماع الغناء وكل منهم محرم سيز وقد حكى أبو بكر الآجري وغيره إجماع العلماء على ذلك هي سيز أن الإمام الآجري بوت الإجماع عن هذا الشيء so this issue is not a distinct disputed matter to be honest if you look at the early scholars of Islam يعني early scholars and the ones who opposed it we say لا يعتد بخلافهم their khilaf is not given any consideration inshallah ta'ala as we talk more into this issue I'm gonna yeah I have some questions about that as well بإذن الله الكريم any, any person you're gonna quote today or any statement of the أئمة السلف من الصحابة والتابعين ومن تابعهم بإحسان that you say they listen to music it, these are the three points that your points are not going to go outside of. The, the whole discussion that you're going to bring is going to go back to one of these three. Anyone you bring me from the scholars I admire, I look up to, you look up to, we both respect. 
Um, again, those who, يعني محمد بن طاهر القيصراني, Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, Ibn Hazmin and Shawkani and others, يعني we say they left the ijma. We're not talking about it. We're talking about the ones who were at the time of the Salaf, من الصحابة, التابعين, ومن تابعهم بإحسان. Any one of them who you bring me, their issue doesn't go out of one of these three. So I always want us to come back to these three points. Okay, the three points. The, the three points are, number one, It was a ghina which is permissible. It's Fine. the first type that we were talking about. Which doesn't go out of حَدُّ الْإِعْتِدَالِ وَالتَّكَلُّفِ الْجَارِي عَلَى غَيْرِ سَنَنِ الْعَرَبِ That's the first one. The second, so it's going to be uh, uh, the singing which is permissible. You, we, you and I just okay. spoke about. The second one is أَنَّهُ سَمِعُوهُ They heard it في أوقات مخصوصة They heard it at specific times كأيام العيد Like days of Eid والعرس والقدوم Day of wedding, the day of marriage Or a day when someone was coming So someone special Okay Which the sunnah has permitted all of that The third one is This was restricted by women doing it mm-hmm. And the men weren't doing it And this act Scholars unanimously agree That It's a woman's It's permitted for women to sing For men Singing, singing. Which kind of singing are you talking about? I'm, talk, I'm talking the about second type. Yeah, the second type. Okay. Um, women can do that. Women have an exception. All women, women are allowed to sing on the days of wedding, which, which I'm going to speak about. Ibn al Qayyim, rahimahullah, mentions in his Zad, he says, Anyone who knows the situation of the pious predecessors, he will clearly come to the conclusion that they are far from singing with musical instrument, which is. المتكلفة التي من التي هي إيقاعات وحركات موزورة معدودة محدودة the singing the the rhythms of the, of the voices and all of that and instruments he says وأنهم أتقل لله من أن يقرأوا بها and they were pious people to do such a thing ويسوغوها ب ويعلم قطعا أنهم كانوا يقرأون بالتحزين والتطريب ويحسنون أصواتهم بالقرآن So Ibn Al-Qayyim says, anyone who knows the Salaf will realize that they were not people who sang, who read musical, يعني, used musical instruments, or forced themselves to make their words, يعني, rhyme according to the musicians and singers. Ibn Rajab said the same thing, rahimahullah ta'ala, uh, in his kitab Nusatul Asma'a, he says, سَمَاعُ الْآلَاتِ اللَّهُ لَا يُعْرَفُ عَنَ حَدٍ مِمَّنْ سَلَفَ الرُّخْصَةُ فِيهَا إِنَّمَا يُعْرَفُ ذَلِكَ عَنْ بَعْضِ الْمُتَأْخِرِينَ مِنَ الظَّاهِرِيَّةِ الصُّوفِيَّةِ Ibn Rajab says Listening to musical instruments He says that's not known from anyone of the Salaf What is known from is the Mutakhirin From the Zahiriya and the Sufiya Half of the Hajarin he said the same Ibn Hajar actually said This is something he says, subhanAllah, Ibn Ibn Hajar, his kalam is very shadid and it's qawi. He says, you listen to musical instruments, which was taken from the Ajam, Arabs didn't know this. He said, It's haram and it's haram is unanimously agreed upon. Then look what he said. He says, It's not known. Ahmed is not known to give permissibility. Anyone who brings rukhsa, any permissibility, 
an imam from an imam yu'taddu bihi which we take serious faqad kadaba wa aftara that person is lied ibn al-jawzi in his kitab talbisu iblis where he speaks about the deceptions of shaytan he explains rahimahullah ta'ala he says waqad kana ru'asa'u shafi'i yunkiruna as-sama' wa amma qudama'uhum fala yu'rafu baynahum khilafun wa amma akabilu mutaakhirina fa'ala al-inkar wa man adafa ila shafi'i hada faqad kadaba alihi ibn salah says and if you say we were Ahmed, he didn't allow it. Shafi'i didn't allow it. Ibn Jawzi mentions it. Okay, I know, I, I know, I don't want to get too deep into discussion because I've also got some points I want to contribute, but I just want to finish this foundation. So far, you've said music is of three types. Uh-huh. The first type, which is the permissible type, uh-huh. the, and that is basically just raising your voice, but mm-hmm. not going out of like really mm-hmm. emphasizing it mm-hmm. too much. It's just mm-hmm. something that's natural and mm-hmm. it can be used in situations like trying to encourage yourself or for, for your animals and things like that. The second one is the impermissible type, which is still no instruments involved, still just your voice, but you're doing it in the kind of melody tone that is not natural. And it's like a skill and it's like a profession and things like that. And the only exception for that is women. Is that exception women at all times or is it women in specific circumstances? In circumstances. Okay, so the only exception for that is women in special circumstances. What's the third type of ghina? It's called al-ghina al-sufi. Okay. This ghina al-sufi, it's actually... The second type that we took, yeah. but then the problem with this one, they made it uh, They actually get closer to Allah by okay, doing it. They've added something else on it, which makes it an innovation. So it's a sin, but they get closer to Allah by doing it. Hafid ibn Hajir rahimahullah mentioned in his Fathul Bari, he says, That which the Sufiya introduced. في ذلك in this issue فمن قبيل ما لا يختلف في تحريم there's no dispute in this matter there's no خلاف in this issue ابن تيمي رحمه الله says فهؤلاء الضلال باتفاق علماء المسلمين these are misguided people by unanimous agreement of the Muslims ولا يقول أحد من أئمة المسلمين and no one from the Muslims scholars of Islam would say إن اتخاذ هذا دينا وطريقا على الله تعالى أمر مباح that doing this is يعني a way to get closer to Allah and it's permissible بل من جعل هذا دينا وطريقا إلى الله فهو ضال مضل مخالف الإجماع المسلمين. This person he said is misguided. He's misguiding others and he opposes the إجماع of the Muslims. Okay. ابن القيم رحمه الله he transmits the كلام of القاضي أبي الطيب الطبري in مسألة السماع he says واعتقاد هذه الطريقة مخالف الإجماع المسلمين لأنهم جعلوا الغنى دينا وطاع. So these people in English they uh, they took something which is haram and then they made this something they get closer to Allah by doing. He said, The belief of these people is مخالف لجماعة المسلمين. It goes against the Muslims. Okay. And the unanimous, unanimous agreement of the Muslims. Okay. So you, you split up music into or you start singing into three types. Yes. First one being permissible. Second one being impermissible. And the third one is when people actually take the impermissible form and they use it in an attempt to get closer to Allah. It's yes. like an innovation in the religion. Question at this point is what if people use the first type the first type which is permissible but they use it in a method to with the intention of getting closer to Allah is that allowed? Um, no it's not an act of worship it's an adah and norms it becomes an innovation but it's not as worse as the second one it's not as well I want to say to the people who listen to music who are trying to justify it who are trying to look for these qil and qal a statement Ibn al-Jawzi says in his kitab Talbisu Iblis he says it is upon every smart person to be sincere advisor to himself and to his brothers. And he stays away from the deceptions of shaitan. In this 
prohibited music مجرى الأقسام المتقدمة التي يطلق عليها اسم الغنى فلا يحمل الكل محملا واحدا فيقول قد أباحه فلان وكرهه فلان He says don't take don't let be warned of shaytan and his deceptions and how shaytan wants to play with you he wants to take you to this music and the types that we mention he mentions the three types I told you in his kitab Talbis Iblis type which is permitted type mm-hmm. which is prohibited uh, and a third type which is innovation uh, and not just prohibited alone okay don't mix those three he's saying to you and take this one to use it for this one he said stay away from it and also he warns against yani the uh, statement of saying fulan made it permissible so and so made it permissible remember it's religion don't let shaitan deceive you So so far we haven't talked about instruments yet. This is all just singing with a voice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. A few questions that I have at this stage. Then, first of all, you just said don't make it an issue of fulan said it's permissible, fulan said it's haram. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you're doing when you call all these scholars that ijma, ijma, ijma. You're relying on the opinions of men. So the evidences that support me are the Quran, the Sunnah of the Prophet والسلام, and the ijma. I'm going to mention st- some statements inshallah ta'ala if time allow, times allow, uh, allows it أصحاب المذاهب الأربعة والحديث some of their statements I'm going to mention Al-Ibam Malik and Shafi'i and Ahmed and the Madahibs and Abu Hanifa what he said so this by the way it goes in line with the Maqasid al-Shari'ah it goes in line with the Qawaid al-Kulliyah it goes in line with the Kitab and the Sunnah and the Ijma' and the Aqwal Ahli al-Ilm There are five verses in the Quran, five five ayat in the Quran that prohibits music. And we're going to get to them. And I do want to discuss them in more detail. But before we do, again, this issue of ijma' that you're mentioning, Imam Ahmed said, rahimahullah, anybody who claims ijma' for huwa kathib. Anybody who claims ijma' then he's a liar. And yet you're using this ijma' as a proof for yourself. How do you reconcile between that? Okay, let me go to Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, statement which... You're not the only person who uses it. A lot of people use the statement of Imam Muhammad, Mani Da'al Kadib. They say Ahmed said this, Ahmed said this. I'm going to respond to this from two perspectives. The first one is Imam Ahmed himself has has used Ijma' as a proof. But was that before he made the statement, this Nasik and Mansukh or what? No, Ahmed yani, over the board, he used Ijma'. His aimat of his madhabs have also said Ijma' as a proof for Ahmed in many issues. The second point, inshallah, ta'ala, in response to your question, I want to say is what did Ahmed actually mean by when he said Mani ijma'? Anyone who claims ijma' for kadhib is a liar. What did he mean by it? So first of all, let me prove to you, Ahmed, many issues here, many issues. I'm only going to mention some. The he, rahimahullah ta'ala, used ijma'. His son, Abdullahi, uh, Ibn al-Imam Ahmed, in his masail, he narrated from his father, he said, قلت لي أبي, I said to my father, If there isn't If it's not from the Prophet If there's nothing from the Prophet in this issue legislates it General or specific What do we do in a situation like that? Mm. He said if the, we haven't got something from the Prophet in this issue Whether it be general or specific That permits this issue What do we do? Al-Imam Ahmed said to his son He said, "Yundaru, it's, it's looked at ma amila bihi sahaba that which the companions did. فيكون ذلك معنى الآية that becomes the meaning of the verse. He then says, "فإن اختلفوا if they differ, ponder on this. If the sahabas have acted upon this ayah in this way, then that's it. 
But if they differ, يعني the ijma' al-sahaba is using here. Right. الله تعالى. He said, but if they differ, ينظر, it's looked at أي القولين, which of the two قولز. But whatever views out there from the sahabas, أشبه بقول رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يكون العمل عليه. We look at which of the sahabas is in line with with the evidence. So if they don't differ, then you don't even need to look at no. You just accept it. Exactly. The second one is Al-Imam Abu Dawood in his Masail also. He asked Al-Imam Ahmed. He said, I heard Ahmed, Samiatu Ahmed, I heard Ahmed, it was said to him, Inna fulanan qala so-and-so said, Qira'atu Fatiha al-Kitab, reciting Surah al-Fatiha, behind the Imam is specific with the verse, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنُ فَاسْتَبِعُوا لَهُ فَقَالَ عَمَّنْ يَقُولُ هَذَا He said, who's saying this? أجمع الناس أن هذه الآية في الصلاة. He says, this is the part I want. Ahmed said, أجمع الناس. The, people, the scholars have unanimously agreed upon أن هذه الآية في الصلاة. This ayah is referring to the salah. Abu Ya'la, if you go to which is he, Abu Ya'la al-Farra, he's Imam al-Hanabilة في عصره. وكان عالم عصر في الأصول والفروع. رحمه الله تعالى was born the year 380 Hijriya. He has a kitab called Al-Udda في أصول الفقه. He mentions the ijma' for Ahmed is a nas. It's an evidence. So that's the first point. But are you sure that all of these ijma' that you're narrating from, from Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, they didn't come first and then later he These books were documented after. After his statement for huwa kathibun. I mean, Abu Ya'la came after Imam Ahmed. I said he was born 380 Hijriya. Yeah, but that's not Imam Ahmed himself. That's just a narration from Imam Ahmed. So these a'imma have understood from Imam Ahmed that ijma' is a proof. And their understanding might be wrong, right? They are a'imma to... statement from Imam Ahmed for huwa kathibun. We're going to come to we're going to come to what he meant by that. But I'm just first first point I wanted to, to speak about is Ahmed used ijma' as evidence. Also, these are a'imatul madhab, the a'imma of the madhab. As I mentioned to Abu Ya'la al-Farra is Imam al-Hanabila fi asrihi. Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah in his kitab al-Muswadda fi usul al-fiqh. If you go to page 282, you find it there. Clearly, rahimahullah mentioned Ahmed's view in the issue of ijma'. Now let's go to the meaning of what Ahmed okay. meant by what did he mean by it? If you actually go to the statement in its full version, and you go actually, actually, if you've got it there, you find Ahmed Rahimullah says, What does that mean? Ahmed says, anyone who claims Ijma' is a liar. Mm-hmm. Maybe the people have different. These are the claims of Bishr al-Marisi and Al-Asam. Now, who's Bishr al-Marisi? Bishr al-Marisi is Bishr ibn Ghiyath al-Marisi. He's a Ibn Hajar, he says in Al-Nisan al-Mizal, he says, Mubtadi'un dalun, la yanbaghi an yurwa anhu wala karama. No one should narrate anything from Bishr al-Marisi. He's an innovator, Ibn Hajar is saying this, and he's misguided. No one should ever narrate from him. Wala karama has no honor whatsoever. Khatib al-Baghdadi mentions in his tariq, he says, Zindiq. And he brings that statement from who? Abu Zur'at al-Razi. Abu Zur'at says, Bishr al-Marisi is Zindiq, a heretic. Also, Yazid ibn Harun, he said about him, Bishr al-Marisi, kafirun halalu dam. Wow. He said he's a kafir and his blood is permissible. That's first of all Bishr al-Marisi. The second person is Al-Assam that Ahmed mentioned here in his statement. Al-Assam is Abu Bakr al-Assam. He's Shaykh al-Mu'tazila. He's Shaykh of the Mu'tazila. Hafid ibn Hajar, uh, Hafid ibn Rajab, sorry, in Sharh Ula al-Tirmidhi. He mentions, وَأَمَّا مَا رُوِيَ مِنْ قَوْلِ الْإِمَامِ أَحْمَدِ مَنِ الدَّعَى الْإِجْمَعَ فَقَدْ كَذَبْ Ibn Rajab is the imam of the madhab. He knows he's imam Ahmed. He says, فَهُوَ إِنَّمَا قَالَهُ إِنْكَارٌ عَلَى فُقَهَاءِ الْمُعْتَزِلَةِ الَّذِينَ الدَّعُونَ الْإِجْمَاعَ النَّاسِ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَهُ وَكَانُوا أَقَلَّ النَّاسِ مَعْرِفَةً بِأَقْوَالِ الصَّحَابَةِ وَتَابِعِينَ And he's saying, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, 
He said Ahmed's statement here was referring to Bishr al-Marisi and what's it called uh, Abu Bakr al-Asam, Shaykh al-Mu'tazila, who used to just make, merely claim ijma' in everything. Mm. When they were the most ignorant people when it came to knowing the aqwal of the Sahabis and the Tabi'een, they didn't know anything about chains. And then they would just claim ijma', ijma', ijma' okay. and everything. Okay. Ibn Taymiyyah also mentions it. He said, إِنَّمَا فُقَهَاءُ الْمُتَكَلِّمِينَ كَالْمَرِيسِ وَالْأَصَمْ يَدْعُونَ الْإِجْمَاعَ وَلَا يَعْرِفُونَ إِلَّا قَوْلَ أَبِي حَنِيفَةُ وَمَالِكُ وَنَحَوِهِمَا They only knew the statement of Abi Hanifa right. and Malik and other than them. وَلَا يَعْلَمُونَ أَقْوَالَ الصَّحَابَةِ وَالتَّابِعِينَ So, this statement of Ahmed Rahimahullah Ta'ala which he brought, and it needs to be put in its, in, its, in its right place So in the context obviously that he was referring to a specific group of people <laughs> And he's not talking mutlaqan like Mutlaqan unrestrictedly Unrestrictedly, okay, unrestrictedly. okay. Um, The asal for acts of worship is that they're haram Unless you have an evidence to make it khalal And the adat are The opposite, opposite way around, right? For the adat, for the, uh, the, the things in the dunya The normal things, the customary things the asal is that they're permissible Aynaam. and you need to bring in evidence to show the haram. Aynaam. So the fact that you've mentioned a few hadith in your introduction where the Prophet وسلم, it happened at the time of Eid and at the time of a wedding and this happened and this happened and therefore it's permissible in this situation. This I say no. The asal is that singing, which is something in the in the dunya, it's not an act of worship. Obviously, mm. singing without the intention of getting close to Allah is what Sorry. I'm talking about. Singing aslan is permissible until you bring in evidence to say it's haram. What's your evidence? I mentioned that my evidence is, is the evidences from the Quran and yeah. the Sunnah and the ijma' of the Ummah. Yani I'm not saying this issue is disputed. I'm saying this issue is unanimously agreed upon that it's not permissible. And of course, when I now talk, I hope the listeners who are watching me are, are understanding when I say al-ghina, I'm referring to the second type that we took in the introduction. The kitab doesn't, uh, Quran doesn't allow it. The Sunnah doesn't allow it. The Ijma' doesn't allow are it. Are we going to talk about musical instruments at any point, by the way? We, we, are, we can bring it, inshallah ta'ala. Of is, course. Does that, is that included in these? Yes, by unanimous. Just, yeah, it's Ijma'. There's no difference of opinion on that. Okay, let's go into the evidences then uh, okay. that you have to say that this second type, obviously we're excluding the first type, which we already said is permissible. It's the not. second type is haram. Inshallah ta'ala. Let me bring you, there's five ayat in the Quran that I can bring, inshallah ta'ala. The first one is, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَشْتَرِي لَهُ الْحَدِيثِ لِيُضِلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ وَيَتَّقِذَهَا هُزَا هُزْوَا أُولَئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ in Surah Al-Luqman, Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ from amongst the people are those مَنْ يَشْتَرِي لَهُوَ الْحَدِيثِ لِيُضِلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ وَيَتَّخِذَهَا هُزْوَا أُولَٰئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ There are from amongst the people, those who buy لَهُوَ الْحَدِيثِ Okay. Now, we have to, now we've got an ayah. Yeah. When an ayah comes up like that, what we have to do is we have to say, okay, what did the early imams of Islam say about this? Fine, okay. The people, we take it back to other companions, number one. Okay. Did the Sahabas comment on this verse? Did they have an understanding on this verse? Of ideally, course. I'd like to take it to the Prophet ideally. If the Prophet وسلم, didn't say anything about it, or another verse from the Quran did not point this particular verse out, then what we are now going to move on to is the companions. You're right, we do the Quran with the Quran, Correct. and then the Quran with the Sunnah, and, and then we do the Quran with the and those Sahabas. first two things, Tafsir al-Qur'an, Bil-Qur'an, did it come to explain this particular no, language no. hadith? Okay, and then the, the Sunnah, the Prophet sallallahu We don't understand. have the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So saying, again, we have to go to fallible men. We, but we were commanded to go back to the companions, as Allah wa ta'ala said in the Qur'an. Allah says, وَمَنْ يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَّبِعَ غَيْرَ سَبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And they follow a path other than the path of the believers. Also the Prophet said in hadith Irbad ibn Sari, a path other than the believers, where did you get companions in that? That I, when it came down, who were the believers at that time? 
companions. They were, they were the, you and I, you and I were not there at that time. Mm. Also, Allah Taala He said, "وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ." Allah mentioned the muhajirin and the ansar and those who follow them, hoping, inshallah Taala, may Allah make us from those people. Okay. So now we have to take this verse to the Sahabas. Okay, agreed. So the Sahabas, Ridwanullah Majma'in, we have three noble companions, three, yani not just companions, but real knowledgeable imams. And ulama of the Sahabas commenting on this verse. We have Ibn Mas'ud, who didn't just say lahu al hadithi means ghina, he actually swore by Allah. And this is not just a mere statement, it's just ghina like that. Two riwayat mentioned, he says, Wallahi, in one version, he swore by Allah, that this is music. And another wording, he said, La walladhi la ilaha ghayruh, walladhi la ilaha ghayruh. I swear by the Lord, there is none worthy of worship that this is music. That's Ibn Mas'ud. Imagine a Sahabi had to swear. That shows you the seriousness of it. So that's his opinion? Wallahi, we're going to come to that issue. It's, is it just his opinion? We're going to come to it. Ibn Abbas, the man who the Prophet made dua for, salawatullahi wa salam al-Quran, the most knowledgeable man in the Quran, Ibn Abbas, the Prophet made dua for him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He said Allahumma faqihu fi deen Wa'alimhu ta'wil Ibn Abbasin said lahu al-hadith is music Abdullah ibn Umar The son of Umar ibn al-Khattab Radiyallahu ta'ala anhu When he came to the ayah He says lahu al-hadith And then from the other scholars The imams of al-Islam We have Sa'id ibn Jubayr We have Mujahid ibn Jabri Sufyan al-Thawri said Ida jaaka tafsiru Mujahid Fahasbuka bih If the tafsir of Mujahid comes to you That's enough Mujahid Ikrimah we have Ibrahim al-Nakha'i, we have Hassan al-Basri, we have Maymun, we have Makhul, and other than them, all of whom said, Lahu al-Hadithi means music here. The ayah, look what it says. It says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ from the people are those who buy Lahu al-Hadithi. Why? لِيُضِلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ to misguide from the path, the straight path of Allah. بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ They misguide from the straight path of Allah. بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ with no knowledge. وَيَتَّخِذَهَا who's one? أُولَٰئِكَ Tell those people, inform those people, let them know that for these people is punishment. Now, I want to say something very powerful here. When Abdullah ibn Abbas said this, Ibn Mas'ud said this, Ibn Umar said this, this is a statement that became famous amongst the Sahabas. How do you know it spread amongst the Sahabas? The fact that we have no one from the three noble generations commenting on this issue. Ibn yes, Mas'ud, that shows that it hasn't become famous. It did. We have, a, we have to, this is very important that we understand. This is a mas'ala, important, very important. A issue, a statement of Ibn Mas'ud and Ibn Abbas and Ibn Umar is quoted on, it's not one companion that said it, and then the others, as we're talking about three big companions, and we know our Prophet, Allah promised us, Allah made an oath, we have set down the revelation and we're going to protect it. For us to think that this is what the Sahabas believed, because we don't have anyone who said Ibn Mas'ud, Ibn Abbas, Ibn Umar. This is wrong. This is wrong. Not what if even they never one. heard it? What if it never, it never reached them? Not even them? one other companion. Yeah, what if it never reached them? And they were just so, they, the asl is permissible, so they're all upon the asl. So Sayyid ibn Jubair, Mujahid, Ikrima, Ibrahim al-Nakha'i, Hassan al-Basri, Maymun, Makhul, the Imams of Tabi'in. Okay, now you're going into an issue of Ijma' al-Sukuti. Yeah. You're saying that there's an ijma' upon the companions 
because this statement was made and nobody opposed it. We have no one opposing it. We have no one opposing it. Okay, I have an issue with that. Mm. Because Ijma Sukuti is not really considered as a delil according to the majhur uh, of the ulama. Okay. It's just like, for example, the Shafi'i and the Malikiyah, the majority of them don't consider it to be a delil. Okay. It's just a fraction from the Hanabila and the Hanafiyah that would consider it to be a delil. Okay. So what do you know that they don't? You're right in the sense Ijma'u sukuti We have to divide it into two Mujarrad ijma'u sukuti Mere ijma'u sukuti is not approved I'm with you on that I agree with you on that okay, But good. If this situation reoccurs Keeps reoccurring By multiple people after that And it happens zaman, And it happens for a long period of time The usuliyin are by unanimous agreement that this ijma'u sukut is a proof. So Unanimously. You're saying if a statement is made by multiple people across multiple generations and nobody opposes them, then by unanimous agreement, this is a proof. And it's not just a proof. It's a proof that this is ijma'a sukuti, which is a proof. Mm -hmm. And Imam Tajuddin al-Subhi mentions it in his Raf'ul Hajib, which is Sharah on Muqtasar ibn Hajib. If you go to the great Imam uh, Tilmisani, he mentions it. Subhi brings his statement and his his works. Abi Ma'ali al Juwaini says it in his Kitab al Burhan. Zarkashi rahimahullah. Zarkashi says it. If I even mention Zarkashi's statement, he says, Ashartul Ashir. He mentions the 10th condition. And he says, Anahu wa inkana dalika mimma yadum wa yatakarrar wuku'uhu wal khawdu fi fa inahu yakunu sukutu ijma'an. وهذا ما اختاره الإمام الحرمين في آخر المسألة وأن محل الخلاف إذا فرض السكوت في زمن يسير. الأصوليين only differ upon he says ومحل الخلاف the place of difference is إذا فرض السكوت silence happens no one objects but it happened for a short time. Okay, that's the, that's the one that's questionable. Questionable amongst Fine. the ulama. I'm saying to you لا this مسألة has happened for a time. يعني عبد الله بن عمر Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Abbas said it, and we have these great tabi'een all saying it after Sa'id ibn Jubayr saying it here, Mujahid saying it here, Ikrimah saying it here, Ibrahim al-Nakha'i saying it, Hassan al-Basri saying it, Maymun, Makhul, and other than them. And you're, all, over 23 imams have said it. So you're standing upon this principle, but your own imam, Imam al-Shafi'i, disagrees with you. I told imam al-Shafi'i said, لا ينصبوا إلى ساكت قول. He said, it can't be attributed to a silent person Speech. Speech can't be attributed to a silent person. Of, of course, that makes logical sense as mm. well. Mm. Just because the others were silent about it, you can't come along and say, I'm now going to say they also affirm and they believe in the same same ruling. This ihtijaj of qawlu imam shafi'i la yunsabu ila sakitin qawlun that a silent person, we cannot attribute a statement to him. We have to first of all understand what shafi'i meant by it. Rahimahullah. Everything goes back to what did they mean? What no, did because they mean? It, it, Why uh, you can't you take the dahir? Why do you have to make yeah, it with he, By the way, he said this in his kitab, uh, Al-Um. We go back to, we have to look at the context in which he said it, Rahimahullah ta'ala. He said it, Rahimahullah, fi halatin wahida, in one situation only, which is, if a hakim is judging between Muslims in a particular issue, there is no sunnah known for it from the Prophet Sallallahu Those who are around this hakim, they don't know a sunnah from the Prophet in this issue. This hakim is now going to judge it based on his ijtihad. Those who are around him, they are not allowed to dispute with him because they have no evidence. And he is obliged, this hakim is forced to do what? To base things on his ijtihad. He's not allowed to blind follow. He's a mujtahid. 
These people, even though they may oppose his opinion, it's their ijtihad. They, they, they keep silent from him because based on me doing ijtihad and you doing ijtihad and you doing and ijtihad. And you're the person in authority. That. Yeah. And they all know here that it's all based on ijtihad. Mm. And no one's allowed to blind follow as they are all mujtahideen. Shafi'i is saying the ones who've chosen to be silent here and not speak to the hakim and say, look, you're wrong. They only went silent because they know their ijtihad is not stronger than an ijtihad cannot nullify another ijtihad. He said their silence here, oh. la ila sakitin He mentions it clearly, rahimahullah, in his kitab al-um. You can go back to it in Mutawwalan and he mentions it in great details. But that's a red hearing, to be honest. Shafi'i, rahimahullah, himself believes in ijma' al-sukuti. Himself, when it is what? As I said to you before. He believes in it, rahimahullah, if the issue kept going. Yani, there's dawam and the wuqu' Yeah, and something keeps going on okay. for a very peri- long period of time. Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala's kalam is sarih. And we, we, we've studied the madhab, so we, we, we have an understanding. Okay, I have another sure. issue with this. Lahul uh, hadith, meaning music. Because the, the reason for this is clearly given. I agree with you. If singing or music or this kind of impermissible action is used to misguide people from, from like for example, some of the mufassirun, uh, they say that when the ayat of the Quran were being revealed, people would try and talk over it or sing over it or try and misguide the people so they couldn't hear the verse of the Quran. No Muslim in his right mind is going to say this is okay. Of course it's not. But then to take that and to apply it unrestrictedly and say every single type of music, even the person at home, he's just listening to it on his own. The Quran is not recited. It's not being played. He's not trying to misguide people. He's just listening to it out of enjoyment. To say that is now not allowed because of this ayah, that's a stretch. It's not. As we said before, the ahadiths and the Quran and the sunan, the nusus al-wahayin, they explain one another. The ayah is saying that these music that the people listen to it's a means of misguidance no it's saying let's get the ayah out first of all lahul, lahul hadith hmm. hadith obviously being speech you've said that some companions have interpreted not you said some companions have interpreted that as being music the other companions have remained silent therefore we believe all companions have interpreted it as being music that's your claim right no my claim is that these sahabas no one said what your statement is wrong like if there's for example someone says uh, i have to explain it first there's sometimes amongst the sahabas in the wording of something okay someone might for example say the cup is half full and someone might say it's half empty so they haven't differed here but they have differed again they've differed in their wordings but what they're talking about is the same it's not a contradiction. It's not a contradiction. Two different perspectives. Different, yeah. So some scholars might mention different meanings for a verse. All of that can fall under it. Which is what I've got. Like some of those habits said it's shirk, misleading stories. So all like of that, that we don't deny it could mean it. It doesn't contradict the fact that it can also If we're saying it. it's But we want to prove our point, which is that this meaning, there isn't ikhtilafu tadad. The sahabas are not differing that one is saying, you're right, I'm, you're wrong, I'm right. It's not the case here. So one is saying this is music, and another one is saying this is not music. It no, cannot it's not happening. Okay. The second, the second part of the ayah, this actually gives the reason why lahul hadith is is not allowed. Okay. It's because it's the people are using it to misguide people from the path of Allah. That's it, the only. That's the only circumstance it's not allowed in. Uh, do you think now music today? Let's be fair, because we're talking to people who live in our time, who are watching, who who listen to music. 
Do you not believe that today that music is a means to misguide others? I don't think that uh, uh, aql should be used to rule something. No, it's not aql. It's just. I mean, even this conversation is is a logical argument that just because it's okay. So if in our time I say yes, but in a hundred years' time the music scene changes, then it's no. Okay, it's getting then? worse. Though. We can see okay, we can see the way it's heading right now. We can see where it's heading, and let's take this verse. Many people, and who are watching, who are munsif, who are sincere and honest to themselves, would say to you, "Now, Allah, I agree. Music has been my downfall. My demise has come from music. It's misguided me from many things. I don't pray anymore because I started listening to music." I now speak in a certain way and it is a despicable way because of music I act in a certain way because of music and I've started to fornicate and adultery and all because of music by the way I want brothers and sisters who are watching to really understand this point the music here that the Sahabas and the Tabi'in are talking about is not as bad as the ones today and it, the ones today and I don't think any person who's I even think if the non-Muslims were asked, <laughs> let alone the Muslims, they would say this is not right. This uh, is not right. I, th- I think I think a lot of Muslims who have contention with this, they will probably agree with you that ninety-five percent of the music out there now in existence today is terrible. It's bad. It's wrong. We should stay away from it as Muslims. We shouldn't. But to say all kinds of music, just to say someone's just living, listening to Beethoven's symphony, for example, just in the comfort of his own home, and there's not even words. It's just noise, and he's just. To say that is based on this, it's not. Mm, but don't you? But not convinced. This is the point. Uh, I feel like it's very important that we, we we all come to understanding it, and that is the uh, Sharia doesn't always base things on a few yani things, and something minute, something very small, to make that the general rule, and you forget the night you just mentioned. It's ninety. How many? How many did you say? I'm just making up numbers. Let's say ninety-five percent. Yeah, of it, you said is dangerous. Okay. You know, ninety-five percent of the people are watching this, and then you come. For example, I'm just trying to just give a you know keep my top point. So even to the ones who say it's impermissible, I want to re- speak to them as well. Okay. Ninety-five percent of the people you know are listening to rap, and they're listening to very despicable lyrics, and they're listening to music that's very, yani vulgar, vulgar words. And yani, it comes with videos that have bad things in there. 95% of the people are watching that. And it talks about murdering and killing and spread blood. 95%. And then you come with the fatwa of Ibn Hazmin or Shokani or others. Yani, and you meant in your head Beethoven's yani, symphony. Well, it just it makes no sense. Yeah, it's, it's like I, I, that. that, that okay. I'm just coming from that perspective. Fine. that Without us going into Yahani no source and evidences. Mm-hmm. But let's explain this ayah with a hadith of the okay. Prophet. The Prophet there has come from him 14 evidences and 14 hadiths that say it's haram. Music, clearly mentioned Mu- music. Music. 14 hadiths. Go ahead. First one is the most famous hadith of Imam al Bukhari that Imam al Bukhari narrated, and other than him, narrated from the Masanid, they narrated from Abi Malikin or you're not even sure of the companion that was narrating this hadith and you're trying to use it as an evidence the companion being unknown it doesn't harm it doesn't harm the hadith Why? because whichever of the companions it is for example a hadith if there's disputed Abu Huraira narrate this or did Ibn Umar for example narrate this 
it doesn't harm the hadith because whichever direction you go or to whoever it goes back to, it's it's accepted. Whether Abu Huraira narrates it or Ibn Umar or Ibn Abbas or Aisha, it doesn't matter. But if we're not sure which one of these two, how do we know it might not be a third or a fourth? We can't have certainty. But we have many ahadiths. Ja'a rajulun ila Rasulillah. A man came to the Prophet and he said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, and ibhamu sahabi la yadur. Yani the ambiguity of a companion doesn't really harm a hadith. And anyone who studied the science of hadith knows that. So also the dispute of a name of a companion was his real name. Like again, Abu Huraira, there are 30 or 40 views regarding his name. Abu Huraira was his actual real name. Hmm. Is it Abdurrahman ibn Sakhrin? Is it something else? Yani the fact that we don't know the name of a sahabi or doesn't matter or details related to that. All we know is that the Sahabas are udul, reliable. Okay. So Imam al-Bukhari narrated it that Abi Amirin or Abi Malikin al-Ash'ari radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, I heard from the Prophet sallallahu saying, la yakunanna there will be in, in ummati from my ummah, qawmun a people yastahilluna, they will permit for themselves. Al-hira, which is zina, hira means al-farj, mm-hmm. and al-harir means silk, wal-khamra and alcohol, wal-ma'azif and music. So the hadith mentions there are going to be a people who are going to make it halal for themselves. Now what I want from us to take from this hadith a few few things. First one is that the Prophet mentioned layakunanna, there will be, there will be. The noon he used was noon al-tawqid, it's emphasis. Min ummati from my ummah. Qawmun a people yastahilluna, they will make it halal for themselves. In other words, it's haram. They will make it halal for themselves. And he mentioned some things that we won't dispute that it's haram. Mm. Like al-hira, zina Wal-harira And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi prohibited what? Silk for men Salawatullahi wa sallam alayhi Wal-khamra No one, I hope no one's going to dispute the uh, Impermissibility of alcohol For now inshallah ta'ala And last but not least Wal-ma'azifa Okay All of these points The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Mentioned them Together Fine I've got I've got questions on this hadith because I knew I knew this would this would come up in our conversation. I have uh, criticism of this hadith from two perspectives, and of course I shouldn't say me. I'm saying those who preceded me. But the first perspective is the chain and whether this is authentic. Uh-huh. It's very nice and very easy to just say to the people and pull the wool over the eyes and say this hadith is in Sahih Bukhari without mentioning that it's mu'allaq. It's not fully connected. It's not a fully connected chain all the way back to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and that's important because the the proper name of Sahih Bukhari, as we know it, is Al Jami' Al Musnad Al Sahih. It is a Jami'. It's Musnad. He's got connected chains. If Bukhari had a connected chain between himself and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and I'm trying not to get too technical for the people at home. If he had a connected chain, he would have bought it in this book because that's the title of this book. The fact that he bought this hadith, this narration, without a connected chain shows that even he, he doesn't believe it's sahih. Al-Imam al-Bukhari, rahimahullah, you're right, his kitab is called Al-Jami' al-Sahih al-Musnad. And it's true, his kitab, he conditioned for it to be يعني, authentic, whatever he brings in it, which is connected. First of all, the narrator that you're referring to, that he didn't mention, mm. he is Hisham ibn Ammar. So there is a narrator that you didn't mention. We agree on that. No. Isn't that problematic even before we get on to who the narrator is? No, he he, he, he did mention Hisham ibn Ammar. But he didn't use what scholars of hadith refer to as the seer or tahammul. The way he took that narration from Hisham ibn Ammar was not sarih. It's, they say it's not direct. He said, qala Hisham ibn Ammar. Hisham ibn Ammar said. So he could have said it someone else and then Bukhari heard it later. They say there's possibilities, the ones who weaken it, which I'm going to come to, they say, their argument is that they say, 
Bukhari said, Hisham al-Ammar said. Now, did, he didn't say, I heard from Hisham al-Ammar. Which is very important in the science of hadith, right? These kind of terminology is very important. You're, you're right, it's very important. Now, what we have to understand is if we're going to speak about the science of hadith, we first have, have to understand a few things. Number okay. one, number one, Hisham ibn Ammar is min shuyukh al-Bukhari. He is from the shuyukhs of Bukhari. He is Bukhari's teacher, number one. Very important that we understand that. Yani Bukhari took from Hisham ibn Ammar. That's number one. Number two, the scholars of hadith, ulama al-hadith, scholars who've grounded themselves, studied hadith, they mention an'anatul Bukhari because qala is like, is similar to an. Meaning for the people The word qala and an don't show that this person heard from this person. Directly. Directly. It doesn't show it. It's not clear in, in, in showing that. So they say the qala and an is the same. An, which is also still the same. It's not because it's, it's not clear in that the person heard from this person. So they say an anatul Bukhari, and the an here means of course the qala as well. An anatul Bukhari mahmulatun ala tisala. In English means Bukhari when he uses the word an, or he uses the word qala uh, uh, or the likes of these words, it's it's connected for Bukhari. There is a reason. It's because Bukhari is not a mudellis. A mudellis means a person who wouldn't say uh, Hisham said and he he dropped out people. Bukhari is not a person who do that. He doesn't do that. So he's not a mudallis. And Ibn Hajar explained that and spoke about that in the Muqaddimah. Why do you say qala here then? We're going to come to it. Uh, he Ibn Hajar mentions it in his Hadjus Sari, if you want to call it, or his Huda Sari. He mentions it there. That Bukhari is not a mudallis. And that if he uses an or qala, it's, it's like haddathana. It's like he heard. It's like heard. It's like he heard it from other scholars when they say yes. There are some scholars when they say an. We say he's a mudallis. Where is it? Sarih. Let me give you a few examples. Ishaq al Sabi'i. Ishaq al Sabi'i. He's a mudallis. Humaid al Tawil, for example, is a mudallis. And there are Qatadim and Amat al Sadus. He's a mudallis. There are people who are mudallis. If they have not narrated with haddathana or akhbarana or anba'ana and it's not taken. Okay, because they're known for when they say and they're actually dropping people out of the chain. That's one. Second thing is that when Bukhari narrated, he said qala. Yeah. And he didn't say qila. Okay. Yeah. So even if we take your argument that this is just mu'allaq, but he did it with sirat al-jazm. Sirat al-jazm means he's, he did it in an affirmed form. Bukhari, when he brings something which is mu'allaq, mu'allaq means disconnected, he doesn't mention his shaykh. He brings it when he believes it's weak, he brings it with ruwiyah. He's done this in other places. Qila, of course. Hamna Hajar rahimahullah ta'ala points to Adil Fatul Bari. And he's also written a book called Taghliq Ta'aliq, where he brings all of the mu'allaqat in Bukhari. So he said, Hisham ibn Ammar said, and yeah. he didn't say it was, it was said. Mm-hmm. So this shows us, this is called Sigatul Jazmi. That's another point that we all have taken into consideration. Okay. Another point that we have to really take into consideration is that the hadith itself, with the word hadathana, was narrated. Where? Where it's, with, where it's sarih. Yani it's clearly mutasil from Hisham ibn Ammar, other than Bukhari, of course. Ibn Hibban wrote it in his sahih. Imam al-Tabarani wrote it in his Mu'jam al-Kabir. Bayhaqi brought it in his Sunan al-Kubra. Barqani brings it in Nasb al-Raya, Lizayla'i. Hassan ibn Sufyan brings it in his Taghliq al-Ta'liq. Sunan al-Kubra, Bayhaqi also mentions the Hassan ibn Sufyan. Abu Nu'ayn 
is mentioned there as well. As Ibn Hajar brings in his taqliq al-ta'aliq. Abu Bakr al-Ismailiyu, as Bayhaqi brings in his sunnah al-Kubra. Abu Dhar al-Harawi, in Fathul Bari, Ibn Hajar brings it. Rahimahullah. Ibn Asakir, in Tariq al-Dimashq. Abu Ahmad al-Hakim, as uh, Imam Ibn Hajar brings in his taqliq al-ta'aliq. Tamam al-Dimashqi, as it's found in the Musnad al-Mulaqeen by al-Dhahabi. Uh, also, al-Imam al-Mizzi brings in his tahdib al-Kaman. الذهبي بن سير على منو بلا ابن حجر تغريق التعليق رحم الله الجميع. So this hadith is actually present same wording. With yeah that same hadith where you said there was just قال all of those people narrated all of them with the wording قالوا حدثنا هشام بن عمار بإسناده بإسناده بالحديث. Okay. With that chain to the hadith. Connected. Connected. So the word حدثنا is if that's your concern الحمد لله is being. Okay. Another point I want to mention is that this hadith has been authenticated by a'immatul kibar, a'imma kabir in ilm. The first one is Bukhari himself when he said qala, we, and, he, and if we accept that it was mu'allaq, that Bukhari brought it by sigatul jazm. And if he brings it sigatul jazm, it's sahih according to him. So the hadith to Bukhari is authentic. Ibn Hibban authenticated it. Ismaili authenticated it. Abu Dhar al-Harawi authenticated it. Al-Hakim al-Naysaburi authenticated it. Ibn Salah authenticated it. Al-Barqani authenticated it. Nawawi authenticated it. Ibn Taymi authenticated it. Ibn Al-Qayyim authenticated it. Ibn Kathir, Ibn Rajab, Ibn Mulaqin, Al-Iraqi, Ibn Hajar, Al-Asqalani, Al-San'ani, Ibn Al-Wazir al-Yamani, Al-Sakhawish, Al-Shawkani, Al-Dihlawi, and Al-Shaykh Nasir al-Din al-Albani, Rahimahullah ta'ala, authenticated it. And I can do the same thing. Ibn Hazmin, we can do it. Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, we can do it. Imam Shawkani, we can do it. I mean, we're just playing with names. No, and Imam Shawkani authenticated his hadith. He, even though he's of the opinion that music is permissible, but he authenticated his hadith. Okay. To, this, him, to him, this hadith is sahih. What about Abu Hamid al-Ghazali and Ibn Hazmin? Uh, Abu Hamid al-Ghazali and Ibn Hazmin are not a'immatul hadith. We have to understand that. يعني, especially Abu Hamid al-Ghazali. When it comes to ilm al-hadith, he's hatibu layl. It's very weak in hadith. He's not seen... We're going to mention him in the context of mm-hmm. Ibn Hajar and يعني, Nawawi and Iraqi, Ibn Hajar. Abu Nawawi, sorry, Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali, يعني, in hadith, he is Hatibu Layl. Hatibu Layl means a person at night time, he picks everything. This is not his field. Ibn Hazmina, again, he has gharaib when it comes to hadith. And he has statements which are very strange. For example, his statement like Imam al-Tirmidhi is majhul. Yeah, there's many hadith he weakens. This is not his field. This is not something we will go back to Ibn Hazm, especially when Iraqi says in his Alfiya, he says, Iraqi, the Shaykh of Ibn Hajar, he says the hadith عن عنات البخاري, and this hadith, and he authenticates it and he says, don't give any attention to what Ibn Hazm said. And he's an Imam in Hadith, Ibn Zainuddin so al-Araqi. known scholars for the science of Hadith have they, they've, they've, strengthened. they've strengthened this Hadith. And I would encourage anyone, inshallah ta'ala, who's monsif, who's sincere, to go to the kitab Iratatul Lahfan fi Masaid al-Shaytan by Al-Imam, al- Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim al-Jawziyah. That kitab is muhim jiddan okay. for a student of knowledge to read. He responds to all of their doubts that they might bring regarding the Hadith okay. and issues related to it. So he's a very... يعني كلام ما شاء الله first volume page 391 you'll find the response to a lot of the points Sheikh Albani has تحريم آلات الضرب وهي responded to Ibn Hazm in يعني صراع الحديثية in a hadith way if you want you can find it there inshallah okay. my second question about the same hadith is that Imam al-Bukhari رحمه الله he actually placed this hadith in the chapter of those who seek permissibility of drinking alcohol by calling it other names oh. 
Now, he's not mentioned music. He's not mentioned anything like what you're trying to understand from this hadith. Yeah. And just like you say about the companions many times, if we trust Bukhari to narrate the hadith to us, we should also trust him with his understanding. He's, he's not understood what you've understood from this, clearly, because he's put it in a chapter of drinks. No, just first of all, Bukhari didn't say this hadith does not show the, the impermissibility of music. He didn't say that. Your point is only the fact that he mentioned it. Your question should be, why did he put it under the chaptering of yani, the people who were named Khamar other than its name? Yeah. Why did he choose to put it there? Bukhari does that for many, many reasons. And the concept of yani, the issue of Imam al-Bukhari's chaptering is a science itself. There's a 10-volume book written by Abdul Haq al-Hashimi on just the chaptering of Bukhari and how he looks for the correlation between the hadith and also the uh, um, yani, the chaptering. Somebody can flip the table on you and say to you, what about the hadith in the Malam That's the first hadith that Bukhari narrated. And it's talking about the intention. And he brought it under the chaptering of yani, Kitab al Badil Wahi. And he brings it in that, in that, in that, in that, in that mm-hmm. section where the, the descending of the revelation. What does in the have to do with the, the, the descending of the revelation? Okay. But he did it for. Yani, does it mean that Bukhari doesn't believe that the actions are based on the intention? Is that what he is that what uh-huh. you're gonna derive from that? No, no. Fine. Okay. Rather, he narrated the hadith, of course, seven other places as well in his Sahih. But what I mean is that the chaptering of Bukhari does not support your point. It just shows that he chose to use it for something else. Okay. Okay, then uh the next question that I have on this particular hadith. Hisham ibn Ammar, who you've also mentioned uh in the chain. Um, this is a person who a lot of scholars of hadith have weakened. Such as? Such as Imam al-Dahabi, for example. What did, he, what did he say about him? Imam al-Dahabi said, so first of all, he mentioned him in Mizan al-Itadal. What did he say? So, and that's a book. What is that book, first of all? That book is where he mentions weak narrators, right? Yeah, he speaks about narrators. Okay, yeah. and he speaks about him in this, in this book. He grades the narrators over there. Okay, he says, Hisham ibn Ammar used to be a truthful narrator, but then he changed. He has narrated 400 hadiths that have no basis. He used to not narrate unless someone paid him. He was accused of changing the text. Imam Ahmed said he was reckless. So let's go bit by bit. So you said Dhabi mentioned his, he mentioned in Mizan al Yeah, correct. Just as a side benefit for the talabatul ilm and the students of knowledge, who inshallah ta'ala, the kitab Mizan al by Imam al Dhabi, Rahimullah Shamsuddin al Dhabi, Ibn Hajar came after him. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a kitab called Lisanu al-Mizan Lisanu al-Mizan And the Lisanu al-Mizan Is written by Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani And the reason why he wrote it Is that he wanted to come after Ibn Dhabi And basically correct him In some of the any mistakes He might have fallen into In his Mizan al-Itidal That's a side benefit So when, when a student is reading Mizan al-Itidal He must go back to Lisanu al-Mizan By uh, Ibn Hajar Hajar has mashallah ta'qibat Very beneficial ta'qibat And points Especially if you have the ta'qib of Sheikh Abdullahi Abdi Fattah Abu Ghudda Abdi Fattah Abu Ghudda May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala Forgive him for his يعني, mistakes and his shortcomings He was an ash'ari May Allah forgive him for his shortcomings But truly was a scholar Alim haqiqatan Especially in ilm hadith The points that Abdi Fattah Abu Ghudda Rahimahullah rahmatan wasi'ah Puts under lisan al-mizan you, It's amazing so that's a side benefit for the students of knowledge. Now let's come back to Dhabi. Um, okay. 
Dahabi rahimahullah ta'ala has a statement of his in his kitab Sir Alam Nubala regarding what's his name uh, Hisham al-Ammar and he calls him he says Hisham al-Ammar Ibn Nusayr Ibn Maysarata Ibn Abanin Al-Imam Al-Hafid Al-Allamat Al-Buqri Alim Ahli Sham he calls him yeah, He also said he was a truthful narrator he narrated so before now, but then he changed This concept of Hisham al-Ammar changing and he, when he grew older um, and the statement that was said about him, I want to come back to it, who really came from. It came from Abu Hatim al-Razi. I'm going to come to that, inshallah ta'ala. But there's a statement Al-Khalili mentions in his kitab Al-Ishad, fi ma'rifati ulama'i al-hadith. He mentions, Hisham al-Ammar al-Dimashqihi said thiqa, wa rubba ma yaqa'u fi hadithi gharaib. Sometimes it may happen that in his hadith some strange things happen. And shuyukh al-Shami from the teachers of Sham. Fadda'afu, he says. The weakness yaqa'u min shuyukhi ila minhu. The mistakes that people see is not him. It's the mistakes that happen from his shuyukhs. He's, he's quoting from them, right? Yeah. yeah they made mistakes about the hadith. So how do we know that this hadith isn't from them? We're going to come to that, inshallah. Ta'ala. We're going to come to it. Okay? So that's the first point. Yahya ibn Ma'inin said about him, thiqatun. And Imam al-Bukhari authenticated him because he brought him in. It's sahih. Mm-hmm. And the scholars, they mentioned the ruwat, the narrators that are mentioned in sahih al-Bukhari. The scholars mentioned this, ulama al-hadith. They mention this generally speaking. The scholars that are mentioned by Bukhari in his Sahih, they say Jawaz al Qantara. They have passed the Qantara. The Qantara is after the person goes on the Salat Yawm al Qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us pass that path. The ayah, وَإِمِّكُمْ إِلَّا وَارِدُهَا كَانَ عَلَىٰ رَبِّكَ حَتْمًا مَقْضِيًّا ثُمَّ نُنَجِّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا وَنَذَرُوا الظَّالِمِينَ فِيهَا جِثِيًّا The people of Allah is going to save other pious people that they own it. When the person passes that place, they go to a place called the Qantara, where Allah Tabarak wa Taala wanazana ma fi sudurhim min ghilin ikhwan and ala sururim mutaqabilin. The brothers who had yani, hate and animosity for one another—that's the place that everybody will get their rights. Once you get to the Qantara, there's only Jannah for you. So they say that Bukhari, the people he brought in his narration, Jawaz al Qantara, he's part. They're safe. You can't be criticized. Just give you one, two examples. Let's take Hushayim ibn Bashir. Hushayim ibn Bashir, narrate, he's a, he's a strong, strong scholar in hadith, right? Hushayim ibn Bashir, if he narrates from an Imam Muhammad ibn Shihab al-Zuhri, his hadiths are not accepted by Bukhari. But he will narrate it from other people. Mm, right. Bukhari is, is a science. Bukhari is a science. It took 16 years of Ibn Hajar to understand the ins and outs of Sahih al-Bukhari. 16 years, that's why he wrote the two volume, uh, the Muqaddimah Fath al-Bari. We called it Hadi Sari. Aba Huda Sari say it both ways. Hushaymu Buru Bashirin, when he narrates from Zuhri, Bukhari would avoid him. Why? Because Hushaymu Buru Bashirin, the day in which he took the hadith from Zuhri, the day where he went to Zuhri and he took the hadith from him, it was a windy day. Hmm. It was a windy day. And he wrote everything and it was a windy day and the papers they went into the air. And what happened was Hushaymu Buru Bashirin tried to take the papers back. But of course, the, the notes went back and forward. He didn't memorize it. He avoided taking those narrations from him. But if you find him, you... Abis Haqq al-Sabi'i, for example. If you find him, you didn't finish that. If you find him... If you find him in Sahih al-Bukhari, it's, he avoided... Okay, it's a different route. Yeah. He, he, he avoided him through Zuhri. Okay. Another example is Abis Haqq al-Sabi'i. Abis Haqq al-Sabi'i, Bukhari narrated from him. And his narrations of Sufyan ibn Uyayna, Bukhari never narrates from him. But his narrations from Sufyan al-Thawri and his narration from Shu'bah ibn Hajjad, ibn Hajjad Abu Bistam al-Ataki, the narrations are accepted. Because Yahya ibn Ma'in said, he's the strongest when it comes to the narrations of who? 
شعبه ابن حجاج ابو بيصطاب العتكي ان الريشز اوف سفيان الثوري بخاري نريس فروم ذوز تو بري دازنت اكسبت ذا ريشز اوف ويم وين ات كمز تو سفيان معينه ذا بوينت ام تراين تو سي تو از ايفن اف كريتيسيزم ايفن اف كريتيسيزم وي بوت تووردز هشام ابن عمار وي ويل سي هيز ناريشنز بخاري سيلكتيد ذاتس ذاتس سايد بوينت ذات يو اولويز نيد تو ريمبر If you find a narrator that's criticized, which is in Sahih Bukhari, Bukhari picked him from all of his mistakes to versions which were right. Mm. He does that, rahimahullah. It's very important. But here, I'm arguing that he's a thiqa. Hisham al-Ammar, he's a thiqa. Ahmed al-Ajli, he said, Hisham al-Ammar al-Damashqi, thiqa al-Suduq. Imam al-Nasai, rahimahullah, praised him. Darqutni, Imam al-Ilal. By the way, Darqutni, he has a kitab called Ilal al-Waridah. They said, Amlahu min dhahrihi. And Amlahu min hifdhihi He narrated the whole entire Ten something volumes Yani from memory From memory Dhabi I think it was him He said that if it's true I think it was Ilibam al-Dhabi He said if it's true That Dara Qutni dictated this book from memory Then he's no less than Ahmed Muhammad and Abu Zul Atalazi and Abu Razi By the way they used They said about Dara Qutni As a side benefit They said about him Subhanallah They used to say They said about him He would Yani put things in his ears When he walked outside Because okay. he would memorize People's conversations Oh his memory Was that sharp, was sharp. <laughs> There was a strange story That was mentioned about him This is a side point Yeah uh, They said that Two men in, Were arguing uh-huh. And they were speaking A different language Okay And he saw the argument Going back and forth And he had His kind of Cotton wool In yeah. his ears He chose to take it out And came to the two people And he said What is the problem What's the quarrel That you guys are having And they uh, told him their problems. Later, both of them went. And they went to the court to argue. The court said, well, who's your witness in this situation? <laughs> they said, Dara Qutni is our yani, shahid witness. He was there. He was present when we were both arguing. He was there. Keeping in mind that Dara Qutni, they were quarreling and they were arguing in two different languages. So he came to the courtroom and they, they, the, the judge asked, is it true, is it true mm-hmm. that uh, you were present when these two people were arguing over an issue? He said, yes. What did they say to each other? He said they spoke different language. Both of them were speaking two different languages. I don't know what they said, but I memorized it. <laughs> <laughs> he quoted this first man what he said. He quoted the second one what he said. And... And he kept the information for them intact Passed it on The Qadi said We know what, he meant, what happened Allahu Akbar Gave the judgment to this So Dara Qutni Rahimahullah ta'ala They said his hifd was thaqib And he's strong Solid Rahimahullah He said Sudduqun kabirul mahal And this man he said Hisham al-Ammar He said he's a reliable person And he said Kabirul mahal Okay He said he's said, a high position A high station e- Even Dhabi This kalam that you mentioned Yeah This statement then <laughs> It's very different. When you go back to Misan, Mizanul Ihtidal, you find that there has next to it Saad Ha. But did the Habib mention all this for his narrated 400 hadiths have no basis? He used to not narrate unless someone paid him. This is different from. And well, I don't have the. I'm going to come to that, inshallah, ta'ala issue. But what I want to mention is that he mentions, and Imam al Dhabi in his Mizanul Ihtidal, the fourth volume, page 302, mm-hmm. he mentions, Dhabi mentions, Saad Ha. Which means. We have to now go to Lisanul Mizan. Look at what does that mean? It's a rams, it's a sign. What does that mean? 
Ibn Hajar mentions, because he knows Dahabi, he studied Dahabi, he stu- he's, that's what he's working on. Lisan al-Mizan is working on the kitab al-Mizan al-Atidal by Dahabi. He says, if Sadha is written before the name, فهي إشارة إلى أن العمل على توثيق ذلك الرجل. Dahabi is saying, if Sadha is written, then that means that's, that person's hadith are authentic and it's acted upon. Okay. Okay. So that's Dahabi what he said. Also, half of the Mughlatai in his kitab, Ikmal Tahdib al Kamal, he says, Qala Sakhawiyu fi Jamal al Fukurra. He mentions Hisham with Thiqatun Aminun and Aimat al Hadith. Suyuti mentions it. And he, scholars of Hadith, even Dahabi Rahimullah, mentions that he's a Ratsan fil Kitabi was Sunnah. Now, there is a Shubha, a doubt that's brought forward regarding Hisham ibn Ammari, that Ahmed ibn Hamad said something about him. Mm. That he said, Tayyashun Khafif. You have that quote you mentioned, I think. Yeah, he was reckless. Yeah. That statement was attributed to Ahmed ibn Hanbal. Mm-hmm. And the scholars have mentioned why he said it. Okay. They, they mentioned why he mentioned it. Dhabi specifically mentions it, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. He says, الإمامي, يعني أحمد, He said, Tayyashun, anhu 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 It was Ahmed, he reached him that he said about it. That Hisham al Ammar said in his khutbah, Alhamdulillah, uh, the one who became apparent to his creation with his creation. So, this kalam, the statement the Habib says is not, it's not permissible to just say it like that. Even though it has a correct meaning, the hululi, the one who the pantheism, the one who believes Allah and his creation yeah, he became one, they use these kind of mm-hmm. statements. So when Ahmed was told that statement, in that context he said, طيّاشٌ خفيف. And look what Dhabi said after that. He said, وبكل حال, whatever the situation is, كلام الأقران بعضهم في بعض يحتمل. Statements of contemporaries, peers. يعني يطوى ولا يروى. يطوى ولا يروى. يعني we mention it. يعني that's what Dhabi was saying uh, about Ahmed's statement. So Hisham Ammar is an imam Bukhari rahimahullah chose him. As for the statement that Abu Hatim al-Razi mentioned that his hifd changed, then I, I unequivocally differ with that because Al-Imam Hisham ibn Ammar, his ahadith are very well known. I mean, we have many chains of narration that they go into. But the way I'm going to respond to this is the following way. Number one, Hisham ibn Ammar, his hadith are known very well. They are known what? Very well. Abu Walid al-Bajiyu mentions that Hisham ibn Ammarin he gave his ahadiths uh, to Yahya ibn Ma'in and Abu Ubaid Qasim al-Salam and they looked at it and they observed these narrations he had it in a book that's where he narrates from mm. well, the scholars they write it and they memorize it from their notes all of the narrations that Hisham ibn Ammar writ Yahya ibn Ma'in and Abu Ubaid Qasim ibn Salam, both of them looked at it. And Hisham mentioned, Nadar ibn Ma'in fi hadithi, he looked at my hadith, all of it. Except the hadith of Suwaid ibn Abdul Aziz. And then he said to me, Suwaid is da'if al-hadith. That's one. So the hadith of Hisham ibn Ammar are well known. Yani it's sahih. That's number one. The second response is, the Habi Bukhari took from him before he, before he even changed. Mm. Bukhari took it from him before he changed And evidence to that is that Bukhari mentions that he went to He traveled 
لقيت اكثر من أهل من 1000 رجل اهل الحجاز والعراق والشام ومصر ومنشن ان حد ريفيتيشن اوف ذا شاعره هي منشن هي وينت تو ماني بليسز هي منشن وينت بصره فور تايمز هي وينت تو حجاز 6 تايمز هي منشز يعني هاو ماني تايمز اي وينت تو كوفا اي دونت نو وبغداد اي منشن اند ان هي هي منشز وبالشام اند اي وينت تو شام باي ذا هشام العمار از فروم ذا علماء الشام اوكي سو بخاري سيز اي وينت تو شام اند اي ميت الفريابي ابا مسهر Abel Mughira, Abel Yaman, I met these people and many other people. If we look at the time of Firyabi, Firyabi died 212. Abu Mishar al-Dimashqi died, who's the Sheikh of Sham, he died in year 218 Hijriah. That shows that Bukhari it was there before then. He went to Sham to hear from the Shuyukhs of Sham before the year of 212, at least, yeah. because Firyabi was the earliest one who died. And that's before the death, the death of Hisham al-Ammar, 40 years before that. When did Hisham ibn Amr change though? See, the, the call of, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Abu Hatim al-Razi is that he mixed up in his last stages of his life. Uh, 40 years cannot be considered okay. last stage of a person's life. That's a, and a long time. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, and the scholars they mentioned, he mixed up just before he passed away. That's the ones who mentioned it. So that's that one. The third one is that, you have to understand, is that you have to really understand, is Abu Ja'far al-Uqayli, he said, when Bukhari wrote his Sahih, who did he present it to? He presented to Ali ibn al-Madini and Ahmad ibn Hanbal and Yahya ibn Ma'in. You have to understand this. Sahih al-Bukhari was presented to who? The Bukhari, greatest scholars of hadith. Abu Ja'far al-Uqayli is saying this. That the Imam al-Bukhari, when he wrote his Sahih, he went to Ali ibn al-Madini, he said, check my book. Hmm. When Ali ibn al-Madini checked it. By the way, Ali ibn al-Madini is the one that Bukhari said, Istasqartu nafsi. I belittle myself in the presence of this man. And also, Al-Imam al-Bukhari presented to Ahmad ibn Hanbal and he presented to Yahya ibn Ma'in. So what does that show you? These three men have agreed to this hadith of Hisham al-Amar as well. Mm-hmm. Of Bukhari in his Sahih. Okay? They all affirmed it. So this shows you that this kitab that Al-Imam al-Bukhari rahimahullah ta'ala wrote is يعني, this hadith is accepted by the Aymat al-Hadith. The ones who don't want to take this hadith because This hadith, if it becomes sahih, it is sahih. Uh, we're going to talk about that, definitely. Ah. So I'm getting from that that what you mean is that this is directly, clearly, categorically stating that music is haram. Which is strange because having gone through the narrators, and I can comfortably say that you've dismissed a lot of the arguments brought forward for that, from the text of the hadith itself, and again it might be worth because it's been a while since you narrated the hadith, Renovating the hadith and telling me what you understand from this hadith. So the hadith we have the Prophet sallallahu alaihi min ummati from my people, aqwam a people, and there's going to be from amongst my ummah a people. Yastahilun al-hira, wal-harira, wal-khamra, wal-maasif. There's going to be a people who are going to permit for themselves the following: al-hira zina. Al-Harira, silk, Al-Khamra, alcohol, and Al-Ma'azif, music. Okay. So in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned Khamr, which is haram by unanimous agreement, Zina, which is haram by unanimous agreement, and Al-Harir, which is prohibited for the men by unanimous agreement. So we have all of that. Mm. And then on top of that, the Ma'azif, the music was mentioned in this context, I mean, this is this is something very well known in Usul al-Fiqh, it's called Dalalatul Iqtiran. 
which is, as you, I'm sure you know, Dalalat al-Ikhtiran is not a very strong argument in Usul al-Fiqh. And a lot of the scholars of Usul, they actually say this very, very weak to use this as a proof. And one of the reasons they say that is because there's an, there's, the, the whole issue is connecting certain things and saying when it's brought together in one manner, in one statement, then they all take the same meaning. Now there's a problem here because there's an ayah in the Quran which does something very, very similar, yet the two things that are connected have different rulings. The ayah I've got it here. كُلُوا مِنْ ثَمَلِهِ إِذَا أَثْمَرَ وَآتُوا حَقَّهُ يَوْمَ خَصَادِهِ Allah says in this ayah, eat from the, from the fruits when they, when they harvest and then pay its haqq, pay its haqq, pay its right, which is the, the zakat obviously here, on the day that they harvest. Mm-hmm. Now we have an issue here because according to you, because these two things are mentioned together, the ruling on both of these things must be the same. Mm-hmm. Yet we know, and I'm sure you'll agree, that eating is something that's permissible. It's not wajib, it's not mm-hmm. haram, it's, eating is permissible. Yet paying zakat is something that is obligatory. So Allah is connecting two things here, something that is permissible and something that is obligatory, which completely completely refutes your claim that everything, every time some things are connected, they must all take the same ruling, like mm-hmm. in this hadith that you're claiming. So we, you're taking me to an issue in Usul al-Fiqh known as Dalalatul Iqtiran. Now Dalalatul Iqtiran, according to Ulama Usul al-Fiqh is two types. Okay, you brought a good argument to be honest. And it's a strong point. Dalalatul Iqtiran is two types, right? The first type is uh, what the scholars refer to as Dalalatul Iqtiran, which is Tham. Dalalatul Iqtiran, which is Naqs, those two. It's either tam or naqs. Okay. In another wording, in another way, the scholars refer to it as dalalatul iqtiran, which is ama atful mufradat, ama or the second type, which is atful al jumal, ama atful jumla, atful jumla, atful mufradat and atful jumla. What does that mean? Okay. The ayah that you brought right now, Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, in Surah Al-An'am, ayah 141, Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, He says, That's one sentence. Mm-hmm. And then the next part is, if we take the wow out, which is the second sentence. Allah connected two sentences between it a wow. Okay. This one, it's two jumlataini tamataini. Two complete sentences. Yeah. Here we have, Two jumlataini, tamataini. Two sentences which are both complete. We have mubtada and a khabar or a fi'il and a fa'il. That's a complete sentence in Arabic language. We have kuru min tamarihi da athmara. It's a sentence. Then Allah says, wa atu haqqahu yawma hasadi, which is another sentence. Now, here you're right. If that happens, that type, which is atful wawi, this one, according to the ulama, this one has, we can't connect them all in ruling. Because mm. we said, أثمر is mubah. Is a what? Wajib. Which is a katul mafruda, it's the obligatory zakat is referring to here. You're right. In this situation, they don't have the same ruling. But the second type is where we're talking about, which is dalalatul iqtiran, which is atful mufradat. What does atful mufradat mean? Atful Mufradat means Zainab, Mu'adaba wa Fatima. Zainab is disciplined, well-mannered, and Fatima. Now, Zainab, Mu'adaba. This is two words. And 
It's a complete sentence, right? Zainab Muaddaba. If you took that out, well, Fatima can't stand by itself. It's one word. It doesn't make sense. It's a mufradat. It's one word. So Fatima here is connected to Muaddaba, disciplined. This one, according to the ulama of usul, by unanimous agreement, this one is, يعني, it is accepted. And to them, this one is not like the ayakulu min thamarihi idha athmara. Scholars agree upon this. This is called atful mufradat. Zarkashi mentions it in his Bahrul Muhit. He says, Sometimes the scholars they call it atful naqis, because it's naqis. It's deficient. It's deficient. It's not a complete sentence yeah. by itself. Or they call it atful mufradat. This one, the scholars, he says, uh, he says, There's no dispute amongst the scholars that it goes under the same ruling as the other one. Right, I see. So when the when the scholars say that Dalalatul Iqtiran is Mukhtalifun fi, they're actually talking about the first type, which is connecting sentences and not individual words. Yeah, if they're two jumlataini tamataini, then the jumla aula and the jumla thani don't necessarily have to be connected to each other. That's 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 something. Also Ala Udin al Bukhari in his kitab Kashful Asarar, which is a sharh of Usulul Bazdawi. He mentions the same. He says you should He said, إِذَا كَانَ نَاقِصًا If it's ناقص, يُشَارِكُ الْجُمْلَةَ الْمَعْطُوفَ عَلَيْهَا فِي خَبَرِي وَحُكْمِهِ جَمِيعًا The same. Sadr al-Shari'a, Ibn Mas'ud al-Bukhari, in his kitab, Tawdihu al-Matn al-Tanqih, he mentions it. Shihabuddin al-Qarafi, in his kitab, Nafais al-Usul. I mentioned four imams. They mentioned it. Rather, al-Qarafi, in his kitab, Nafais al-Usul, he says, Nassa al-Nuhat, the grammarians have stated as well. Ala It's important to translate some of that. So what I, what it is is that they if it's atful mufradat, he's saying it's obligatory. By the, according to the grammarians, and it's, it's also according to the yeah. if it's connecting words, hmm. if it's connecting words, individual words, uh-huh. then whatever the us whatever the hukum, the whatever the ruling uh-huh. goes on the, the first word, for example, it takes a ruling for the other words as well. If That's it's just yeah, if if the word can't stand by itself as a sentence. Okay. In the situation here, Let's apply on the hadith. The hadith says, لَيَكُونَنَّ مِنْ أُمَّةِ أَقْوَامِ يَسْتَحِلُّونَ الْحِرَى وَالْحَرِيرَ وَالْخَمْرَ وَالْمَعَازِ So we have يَسْتَحِلُّونَ okay. They make permissible الْحِرَى okay. That's the word. يَسْتَحِلُّونَ الْحِرَى okay. And the other ones are connected to it. So that in itself is a complete sentence, but the other ones, they, cut, they stand alone. Ah, so you have, so can you say لَيَكُونَنَّ مِنْ أُمَّةِ أَقْوَامٌ الْحَرِيرَ وَالْخَمْرَ وَالْمَعَازِف Dalalatul Iqtiran, which is Al-Mufradat, Tujib Ushtiraq wa Tihad Al-Ma'atufati fi Al-Hukm Shari'i. They have to always be under the same ruling. So according to that principle that you just mentioned, then one of the things that was mentioned in that in that hadith, like you said, was silk. And you rightly said that silk is haram for men, but permissible for women. So by that token, then music is haram for men, but also permissible for women. Now you can't say that. How do you know silk is haram for men? Uh, from the from the hadith in Sunnah of Ibn Majah. So you done an exception for the women with an external evidence. I'm just using your principle alone. You said that when things are connected like this, they take all the same ruling. Yeah, they do. According but to they, this hadith by itself. rulings. But you only found out that there's a different ruling for silk with an external evidence. If there came an external evidence that said music for the men is allowed or not allowed and it's permissible for women music, then we would say, okay, you're right. You brought external evidence just like you brought for the silk. 
where I see the asal of the hadith uh, originally both. is that everything is haram for men and women. But then we have an external evidence say there's an exception. Uh, for if the this silk. hadith was the only hadith out there, we would say to women, you're not allowed to wear silk. Uh-huh. Like in the hadith that permits silk for women is when the Prophet ﷺ grabbed it and he picked it with one hand with his left and his right. And he said, this has been made haram for the male of my ummah, the gold and the silk. He picked them both up and the Prophet ﷺ, he said, this has been made haram for dhukur ummati, the men of my ummah. So you know that silk for men is haram with an external evidence, but merely just this hadith by itself, it's not the case. Okay, and uh, there is another contention that people bring with the understanding of this hadith when uh, when the Prophet ﷺ is connecting all of these things together. And they say that some things might be okay and permissible individually, mm-hmm. But when you connect them together and you do them at the same time, it becomes impermissible. Uh-huh. So for example, even though it's a secular law, let's take the UK law, for example, uh-huh. driving is permissible and drinking alcohol is permissible. But when you do them, according to law, obviously, the secular law of the UK, when you do them together, drinking and driving, it's not permissible. Mm. And that's basically what they're saying with this hadith. And the reason why they say that is because there's another narration in the Sunan of Ibn Majah, which also makes this clear. So the, the hadith that you mentioned is that the, um, the, there will be people who will consider it to be legal, zina, mm. wearing silk, khamar, and music. Okay, it's, it's like what they're, what they're claiming here basically is that the Prophet is describing a scene where people are drinking and they have, the people are wearing silk oh. and they're listening to music oh. and they're committing zina. This is like the, the party scenes, quote unquote, that we have in the modern day world in clubs and stuff like that. What the Prophet here is saying that when all of these things come together, he's not actually individually saying this is haram, this is haram, this is haram, but rather he's describing a scene, a scenario. And the reason they say that is because the hadith in Sunan Ibn Majah and you can have a look at it here. It says it's a very similar situation. What the Prophet said is narrated by Abu Malik uh, Ash'ari. People among my nation will drink wine, calling it by another name, mm-hmm. so, so far exactly the same, and musical instruments will be played for them, and singing girls will sing for mm-hmm. them. Allah will cause it after to swallow them up and turn them into monkeys and pigs. What he, He's basically describing a scene. People are drinking wine, and at the same time, music is being played. He's not saying individually these acts are, are prohibited, but when you bring them together, they become prohibited. I mean, again, I, I think that's far-fetched. What about the ayah, for example? Let me flip that at you. Okay. I'm saying you're wrong in that understanding. Okay. Each one independently is, is what Allah is going to destroy the people for. Even the hadith Tirmidhi narrated it. Also Ibn Abi Dunya narrated it in Dhammul Malahi. Ibn Abi Shayba narrated it on the authority of Imran ibn Husayn. That the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, يَكُونُ فِي أُمَّةِ قَذْفٌ وَمَسْخٌ وَخَسْفٌ He said, Ya Rasulullah, when is this going to be? He said, إِذَا ظَهْرَتِ الْمَعَازِفُ uh, if people start to consume alcohol and they get qiyanu qiyanu is jam'u qaynatin qaynatin is women who sing for them if they start listening to music musical instruments the prophet then said Allah is going to deform them there's going to be يعني, earth is going to swallow them this you're saying that all of it has to happen in order for the punishment to come right yeah what about the statement of Allah? وَالَّذِينَ لَا يَدْعُونَ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخَرَ وَلَا يَقْتُلُونَ النَّفْسَ الَّتِي حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ إِلَّا بِالْحَقِّ وَلَا يَزْنُونَ وَمَنْ يَفْعَلِ ذَلِكَ يَلْقَ أَثَامًا Allah mentioned a punishment subhanahu wa ta'ala. That it's severe punishment is for these people. Are you saying that a person has to do shirk and kill someone innocent and commit zina dust when they're going to get mm. the sin? 
Do you understand my point? Yeah, of course, nobody would say that. No one would say that. Everybody would say independently, you get sin for doing it. If you do shirk alone, itself is a great, great sin. If you kill innocent people, it's or a person itself is a great sin. If committing yani, zina or fornication or adultery, yani, itself is a great sin. Mm. So independently, it's a sin. It's the same as the ayah also. Allah Taala says, "وَمَن يُشَاقِقِ الرَّسُولَ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ الْهُدَى وَيَتَبِعَ غَيْرَ السَّبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ نُوَلِّهِ مَا تَوَلَّى وَنُصْلِهِ جَهَنَّمَ وَسَاءَتْ مَصِيرًا." Anyone who opposes the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that itself is a sin, mm. and then opposes the path of the believers. So it's one second sin. And the more you do, if you do all of it, you're Subhanallah, you're the worst. One by itself can render you a criminal. One by itself can render you a, a, a wrongdoer, a sinner. Yeah. They all don't have to be found. Um, Final question I have on this hadith, because I know this is one of the most strongest proof on the side of those who say that obviously music is haram. Final question I have on that is, um, the Prophet said at the start of the hadith, Ummati, he's talking about the Muslims, right? Mm. Yet we know that if someone makes khamar, for example, halal, oh, no. this is istihlal, which you said in a previous podcast is kufr, which is disbelief. So how do you reconcile the fact that this, you, it's an action of disbelief, yet the Prophet, himself, the Prophet himself said, my ummah. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah has a very good response to this. He's got, he's got a kitab called Bayan al-Dalil fi butlan al-Tahlil. Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah. And on the 20th page, he says, Rahimahullah ta'ala, لَعَلَّ الْإِسْتِحْلَالُ الْمَذْكُورُ فِي الْحَدِيثِ إِنَّمَا يَكُونُ بِالتَّأْوِيلَاتِ الْفَاسِدَةِ فَإِنَّهُمْ لَوْ إِسْتَحَلُّوهَا مَعَ اَعْتِقَادِ أَنَّ الرَّسُولَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ حَرَّمَهَا كَانُوا كُفَّارًا وَلَمْ يَكُونُوا مِنْ أُمَّتِهِ وَلَوْ كَانُوا مُعْتَرِفِينَ بِأَنَّهَا حَرَامٌ لَأُوشَكُوا لَأُوشَكَ أَنْ لَا يُعَاقِبُوا بِالْمَسْحِ كَسَائِرِ الَّذِينَ لَمْ يَزَالُوا يَفْعَلُونَ هَذِهِ الْمَعَاصِي which we saw today, we can in the hadith because of Hisham al-Ammari, saying that the dalalatul iqtaran is not a hujjah, wa These ta'wilat al-fasida that was used by Ibn Hazmin, by also used by Shawkani, that's what has happened here. Because of that, they are going to be sinners, and not because they're kufar. They would have been kufar if they saw it to be haram, and then they said, it's still halal for me, I don't care. Mm. That's when it would be kufrun billahi al-alim from the statement of Ibn Taymiyyah. He says, فَإِنَّهُمْ لَوْ إِسْتَحَلُّوهَا مَعَ اَتِقَادِ أَنَّ الرَّسُولَ صَلَى اللَّهِ حَرَّمَهَا كَانُوا كُفَارًا Then they would become kufar. وَلَمْ يَكُونُوا مِنْ أُمَّتِيَ And they won't be from his ummah. But if they say that, no, I don't even believe أَصْرُ الْحُكْمِ in the first place. I believe this is not actually haram. It's not clear. Then they become sinners. And people fall into major sins. And they are going against Allah and His Messenger. And it's very dangerous. Okay. And it, then he brings the statement of the poet. Abdullah ibn Mubarak what he said وَهَلْ أَفْسَدَ الدِّينَ إِلَّا الْمُلُوكُ وَأَحْبَارُ سُوءٍ وَرُهُبَانُهَا The people you see they've taken يعني, evil scholars who've told them this is permissible and gave them fatwa so it's not kufr but it's a major major sin now Fine I want to put the hadith to one side I think we've comprehensively gone through the chain first of all and then secondly we've gone through the text of the hadith itself as well um, Give me like a, a 30 second, one minute summary of that hadith and what that really, really shows for the people at home before we move on to the rest of the point. The hadith of... Uh, the one we just discussed in, the one about the istihlal and... This hadith shows the severity of the person who يعني, commits zina and who, يعني, the male, the male who take silk and you wear it and use it and those who drink khamar and music. Each one, if we look into it by itself, for example, 
Al-Hira, which is Zina. We know the Prophet ﷺ, he said, when I was ascended high up in the sky, I saw a group of people who were being burnished in a furnace. Mm. These were the Zunnat, when the Prophet was told, والسلام, this, the people were doing Zina, Al-Hira. Now we have the, يعني, the, the, the Khamar, the ones who drink alcohol and, and, and are consumers of alcohol. يعني, the prohibition that has come regarding them. It's actions of shaitan Knowing that music that you're listening to And that you're adorning And you're admiring Has been mentioned with things like that First of all Your heart should move and say Ooh. يعني, zina. And, and, Because a lot of people who are watching today Will be like Whoa I mean I know zina is haram Even if I do do it I still know it's haram I don't, same try, with alcohol I, I don't as well. Yeah I don't justify it Even the ones who drink alcohol Will say bro I know it's wrong man Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I can't stop it I've become used to it My culture, my people, we do this And etc So the same thing should be for the music Of course, know its prohibition And also try to stay away from it Another thing is the fact that The Prophet ﷺ told us In the hadith itself There's a punishment for these people And that is Allah is going to deform them Subhanahu wa ta'ala And I actually believe I actually believe a lot of these rappers and these singers, Allah has deformed them already. What do you mean by that? Look at the way they scream and they shout and they bark. Yeah, jump on the table, running around. Yeah, things when you really sit down and you think to yourself, Subhanallah, yaqi. Subhanallah, this is not sane. A man whose trousers are falling down. Yeah, you can see his backside. This is not a sane person. Sane person wears his clothes. A man whose name is Dog. He calls himself an animal, mm. the worst of animals, dogs. Yeah, and he, this is you can see Allah has already humiliated him, put him down. And a lot of them they, they make noises of dogs when they sing and etc. So the, the the actual changing of their form is not it's not far fetched. Okay. I want to move on now. I want to go back to the ayah in the Quran that you mentioned where you said Lahwal Hadith and you gave the Interpretations of the companions The tabi'in who said that this refers to music And I really want to focus now On the, the, the adillah from the Quran If that isn't enough If this hadith in and of itself isn't enough for people And they say we, we need something from the Quran For example The first question I have about this particular ayah that you brought When you said lahwal hadith Is talking about music mm. Isn't there another ayah in Surah Jum'ah Where Allah says وَإِذَا رَأَوْ تِجَارَةً أَوْ لَهْوَانٍ إِن فَضُّوا إِلَيْهَا وَتَلَكُوكَ قَائِمًا Allah says that uh, in this ayah that when uh, the, there's, uh, the companions actually left the Prophet ﷺ in prayer to attend to trade and he also uses the word lahu here as well, the same word you're using. Are you saying that this means music and in which case the companions ran towards music and ran towards business? Allah connected the two together, tijara and lahu. And according to you, tijara is permissible. Mm-hmm. Therefore, music must also be permissible. No, the, the, first of all, the argument I want you to understand is that The scholars that commented on it, like Ibn Abbas, is the one who explained this ayah in Surah Jum'ah in this way and explained this surah to me in this way. And it's very important we understand it. These are Arabs. Mm. They are not just Arabs. They're the most honest and the most sincere and the most knowledgeable people that we know in our ummah. Ashabu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They looked at these verses and they commented on not based on their whims and desires, but based on Some of the scholars Like Al-Imam Al-Hakim and Nisaburi And other great scholars I don't want to go into that too much They believe the tafsir of a sahabi on a verse It's like the Prophet said it It's another discussion for another time Here we have 
Now, it doesn't contradict itself if the word lahwa al-hadith has many meanings. Okay. There's no denying that it could be a word that has many meanings. It could be used in many different contexts. So your claim is not that it only means music. That's no, not no, your claim. That's not my claim. And that would then your point and your contention yeah. would be very solid and strong against me if I only said lahwa al-hadith only means music. I'm saying no. Right. And they will stay and, and and I mentioned before that's called ikhtilafu tanawwa. Okay, any other ayat from the Quran that you want to bring on your side, for example? There are many, I said five verses show. One of them is Surah Al-Najm when Allah Ta'ala, He says, What does yeah, that mean? The word Samid ibn Abbas, Samidun ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, The word Samidun, it is Al-Ghina bil Hamiriya. It is, uh, it means the word Samidun actually means music in the language and the dialect of the people of Hamir. So what's the context of this? Because you just said what Antum Samidun you guys are, you Samidun. are. Yeah, what, what came before it? Like, Meaning in English? Are you amazed with these يعني, hadith, this discussion, this speech? Okay. Are you amazed with it? Are you laughing? You're not crying. Whilst you are listening to um, music. Uh, okay. So... Here the word Al-Ghina According to Ibn Abbas Sorry Samidun According to Ibn Abbas anhu, He said that the word Wantum Samidun Is referring to Al-Ghina uh, According to bil Hamiriya In that language It's a dialect They say it like that And the ayah It used it And that meaning A'imma tafsir Took that view from Ibn Abbas Like Ikrima Mujahid Dahak Muhammad Ibn Hanafiya And others they, Don't you think that All of these ayat That are talking about These kind of situation it's really talking not about music unrestrictedly, but it's talking about music when it's being used to, like, for example, the ayat of the Quran are coming and people are, uh, like, I'll give you an example, for example. I'll give you an example, for example. Let's just say the listening to podcasts. And we'd both agree that listening to podcasts doesn't have any music, anything that's haram, it's permissible, right? But if someone was to listen to a podcast and the time for salah came and he's so con- consumed with listening to the podcast that he didn't want to pray and he left the salah, that's also obviously not permissible. I know. But another person just wants to listen to podcasts when he's driving into work, for example, and he's just listening to it just as entertainment. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So why do you have to say that music in all its forms and all its entirety is haram when these ayat are clearly talking about the time when music is being used to distract you from worshipping Allah? The music that was listened to at that time, it was used to distract the people from the Quran and the remembrance of Allah. Yes, it did. Okay, good. You admit that. that. You yeah, admit of course, that. of course, it did. It did distract. That's them. the situation which it came in. Okay. And I don't deny the fact that it's the case for us today as well. Today, that there's no denying to that. that many people today, yeah. a large, large amount of Muslims today, are listening to music, giving precedence to music over the Quran. Yeah, that's true. They've not memorized the Quran, but they've memorized albums and lyrics. That's well known, well established. That's true, but it doesn't necessarily make it haram in of itself. Just like listening to podcasts over the Quran doesn't mean podcasts. Now we go to the point of the fact that they used to do that with music. Mm. That's what they used to do. They used to listen to music and they used to try to avoid hearing the Quran. Okay. And Allah Ta'ala unrestrictedly prohibited it when it became يعني, uh, an act that was done to distract people from the remembrance of Allah, from the Quran. Uh, Allah prohibited Mutlaqan Whether you're trying to Distract yourself from the Quran or not mm. It got prohibited And it became something which is haram So if someone comes after now And says I'm not going to do what Quraysh did Or I'm not going to do the people That these verses came under What they were doing I'm not going to do that 
we're going to say now lakin the hukm has been made if it's music if it's yani musical instrument if it's songs without the conditions that we mentioned muharram okay. it's haram the only ones that you can take out are what the the points that we mentioned those are the istithnaat the ex- exceptions only anything other than those exceptions and i want somebody to remember this and a lot of people do this it's sad it's a sad reality but a lot of people tend to do this okay i for example say everyone in this room go except zaid mm-hmm. now what's the general ruling here that everyone should leave and the only person who can zaid if khalid comes up to me says to me shall i leave <laughs> i said everyone leave i gave a general ruling yeah. you full it was your name mentioned under the exception no music and songs are haram the sharia has permitted situations contexts times conditions types these are these we will not deny it the sharia prohibited it permitted it these ones fall under the general prohibition mm. don't use these specific situations to headbutt and destroy the general ruling of the prohibition how big a problem do you think music is nowadays like how widespread is it in every country wallahi when you look at the salaf what they were saying about music like quran al shaytan and ruqyat al shaytan and inna yunbitu fi al qalbi nifaq yeah it brings hypocrisy in the heart you're saying they don't even know the music we're we're seeing today and the fact that is so widespread as well and how evil it is and how widespread is you go into a supermarket you can't help but hear it you got this is going on the taxis going everywhere you'd agree with that obviously i subhanallah used to deal with brothers on the street who were trying to come off the street who want Allah to guide them subhanahu wa ta'ala and they were on the streets mm. and committed crimes and some of them being imprisoned and whatnot wallahi ka'anna is like as though it's a mahallu ijma' amongst all of them they all said that whenever we would go and shoot up someone or stab someone or this or that or rob or this we'd have to listen to yani music mm-hmm. and specifically a particular type of genre yeah. we listen to drill if we listen to that music we don't know what's happening around us mm-hmm. yani just, we would go out there and stab someone he says to wallahi sometimes i wouldn't even have to take any drug substance mm. <laughs> just listen to that and the lyrics and what he says i'll go and i'll murder someone i would if not necessarily i'll stab him and put him into coma or whatever i would rob i would this i would that all of it with music you said earlier that the salaf obviously wouldn't they didn't know that music was going to be, be like this was going to end up like this did allah know that it was going to end up like this that's why allah generally prohibited it so allah knew that it was going to end up like this he of knew that allah of course allah knows that right subhanahu so then why isn't there a clear fi'l nahi a clear knowing that music is going to be such a big issue it's going to be so widespread it's going to cause so much harm it's going to cause so much damage when allah talks about shaykh for example he says inna allah la yaghfiru an yushrika bi when allah talks about zina he says wala taqrabu zina allah talk, talks about murder for example wala taqtulu an-nafsa allati harrama allahu illa bilhaq illa bilhaq Allah has clear ayat telling you don't do this don't do this don't go near this even it's so clear it's so sarih why didn't he do that with music knowing that it was going to be as big a problem as it is in the 21st century habibi 
when you say it's not clear, it's clear to every sincere, genuine Muslim. There's no fit in nahi. Would you agree with that? What, what, Forbidding uh, verb. Yeah, there is, is. There is. Which one? There are many ayats that Allah Taala prohibited it. Which one in that form? The ones la yashhaduna they do not participate in azura in zur Muhammad ibn al Hanafiya, Muhajahid ibn Jabrin, and other mufassirin. They said zura here means music. What I mean, Habibi, is also وَاسْتَفْزِزْ مَنِ اسْتَطَعْتَ مِنْهُمْ بِصَوْتِكَ وَأَجْلِبْ عَلَيْهِمْ بِخَيْلِكَ وَرَجْلِكَ وَشَارِكُمْ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ وَعِدْهُمْ وَمَا يَعِدُهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ إِلَّا غُرُورًا وَاسْتَفْزِزْ مَنِ اسْتَطَعْتَ مِنْهُمْ بِصَوْتِكَ Your voice The Mufassirin Shaytan's voice The voice here, yes Mujahid ibn Jabrin whose tafsir we like إذا جاءك تفسير مجاهد فحسبك به ibn Jarid that the word assault here means that Mujahid says it means music so it's clear to anybody who's monsif, who's sincere who's genuine, who now the truth has reached him, and when he sees those evidences, he's not going to argue back, he's going to be pleased with it, he's going to be, Ya Rab I don't need ten, I don't need five evidences from the Quran for me to stay away from something, but uh, one is enough for me but it's always like the companion interpreted as this. The companion said this. The companions, these were the great noble men, don't get me wrong. But, but they're they the eyewitnesses. They weren't my prophet. But Shahid, they're eyewitnesses. If there happened a car accident happened in front of us, we would be eyewitnesses. We saw it. The, the, the police would take our encounter of the situation. Somebody who came 500 years later, or five, years, five days later, five hours later, Hata. No one would take the, you know, file a case from him. You just seem so contradictory because on this podcast many times before you've said the speech of a scholar is not a proof, mm. but rather it requires proof. Yeah. And you say this over and over again, the speech of an alim, it doesn't matter who he is. It doesn't, like, and we did tamadhub as well. And we talked about the importance of the source of wahyayin and not to, taking the opinion of mm. any man. I'm not saying they are proof in and within themselves. Okay. I am not. Nor do I claim that. I'm not saying Ibn Abbas, Ibn Mas'ud, Ibn Umar. يعني مجاهد سيدنا جبير الضحاك سدي أبو عالية الرياح all of these are proofs in and within themselves I'm not what I'm saying is that they say statements and no one's rejecting their statements mm. when they commented on these verses I'm saying to anyone who listens take this point on board when the mujahid said والذين لا يشهدون الزور زور here means يعني الغنى and it's written in the books of tafsir. Durratul Manthur, Ibn Suyuti, Jalaluddin Suyuti brings it. Qurtubi brings it. Ibn Kathir brings it. Ibn Abi Hatim brings it. Ibn Kathir brings it. And my question here is, is that these people, when they said these statements, I mean, these imams, when they said these statements, why were there no one rejecting and say, look, these ayahs don't mean this? Mm. Right now. And we went through Ijma' Sukuti as well earlier on in this discussion. And we went through Ijma' Sukuti now. Okay, I want to move on now. Some of the arguments that the people bring for the permissibility of music. They actually say that there are hadith that clearly allow music. Uh, the first of them is narrated by Aisha. And we mentioned this earlier about the two uh, slave girls who were singing about um, besides the Prophet, beside Aisha radiallahu anha, and the Prophet was also there. And Abu Bakr came and spoke harshly, saying, Musical instruments of shaitan near the Prophet, and the Prophet actually turned his face to it and said, Leave them, leave them alone, let mm. them continue. Mm. Isn't this a proof that singing and musical instruments, as Abu Bakr put it, are permissible? Okay, the first word that was used, uh, can, you, can you see yeah, that? Yeah, of course, you can have a look. So, 
سو ابو بكر رضي الله عنه ودري سي مزمار الشيطان عند النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مزمار سو عائشه رضي الله تعالى عنها شي منشن شي منشن شي دخل على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذا بروف صلى الله عليه وسلم شي سد عائشه رضي الله عنها شي سد قالت دخل علي رسول الله ذا بروفيت انتد ابون مي قالت شي سد قالت دخلت دخل علي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذا بروفيت انتد ابون مي وعندي جاريتان there were two slave girls okay تغنياني uh, they were both singing okay so that's the first point right بغناء بعاثة they were singing the, the sing- songs of بعاثة we're going to come to what that means then we've got Abu Bakr seeing this happen mm-hmm. yeah. the Prophet didn't say anything he was, he was there فضجع على الفراش وحول وجهه the Prophet he was sitting on his يعني lying down on his bed and he turned, turned his face ودخل أبو بكر أبو بكر أنتد فانتهرني he warned me against it he prohibited me from it and look what he said وقال مزمار الشيطان عند النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم yep. the first point I want to go through is that the word مزمار that Abu Bakr here used doesn't always mean musical instruments I, I think the English translation here should be looked into the word مزمار uh, can be the voice as I mentioned before لقد أتيت مزمارا من مزامير آل داود حديث صحيحين that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said to Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, you have been given mizmaram min mazamiri Ali Dawood. And what? here mizmar here means husn uh, al-sawt. You be- you've got very beautiful voice. And we know that because he's reciting Quran at the time. Of so. course, he's not singing. Okay. Not only that, just imams. Nawi rahimahullah ta'ala, when he came to mizmaram min mazamiri Ali Dawood, he said, al-muradu min al-mizmari huna sawtu al-hasan. Nawi says this, rahimahullah, you can look at the shalha sahih muslim. Iraqi طرح التثريب. He says the same thing. He says والمراد بالمزمار هنا. He says الصوت الحسن. So, but we still have a situation where we're not going to come to it. Half of the Hajar he says والمراد بالمزمار الصوت الحسن. So that's important that we understand it. Also, uh, the Hadith itself it mentions what Aisha said at the beginning. Aisha رضي الله تعالى عنها she said تغنياني they were singing. So now I've clarified to you the word mizmar here is not a musical instrument. Okay, fine. Tughaniyani means they were? Singing. They were singing. So now we have to go back to what were they saying? Because I remember I categorized the singing for you into two. Yeah, you did. This one falls under the first category of singing. Okay, but and you, Ustad Uthman, in the 21st century knows that. Yeah, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, the one, the most Maybe he didn't know the hukum. He, the... he didn't know the hukum, but you do? No, but I'm I saying to you, that. he didn't know. He didn't know. The hukum of the Prophet sallallahu yet the ruling hasn't come that it's mubah. The Bakr, ruling hasn't come yet. Or maybe it wasn't the Prophet didn't prohibit it yet. The ayat didn't come down regarding music or singing. I always know alcohol was drunk at the beginning of Islam. Alcohol was drunk by the companions. Why did he say musical or mizmar shaitan if he, if the ruling hadn't come? Of course, I'm, the ruling came. He okay. If the ruling came, he, the, uh, the ruling I'm referring to here is that the type that's permissible. He didn't know that. When did that ruling come? Like, I don't understand. Look at the hadith itself. Abu Bakr, first of all, this uh, hadith also scholars use it against you, which is the Prophet did not say to Abu Bakr, how, who gave you the right to call it, if we say it's music and instrument. Him by saying leave them alone is just show it's permissible. Like, no, no. The Prophet told them leave them alone. He didn't oh. have to. Uh, no, no, but look, he used the word here. He used the, if you say the mizmar here means musical instrument. The Prophet sallallahu said to him, Abu Bakr said, a satanic musical instrument. Okay. Why did the Prophet say that? Why did you 
why did you refer to? Because you're assuming that at the time the Prophet believed that musical instruments were haram. If you take that presumption up, which is what the other side, you're presuming based on that, like you're saying, why didn't he say these are not musical instruments of Bakr? The Sahabas, the Prophet would correct them in the statements they say. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, I agree with you on that. The action, forget it, because the action the Prophet is stopping him from is the fact that he's stopping his daughter from it. Okay. Because Aisha, she said, Fantaharani, he stopped me. So I agree with you that he'd correct him on the wording. It's no problem. I don't see. I don't understand how that's using. You're using that as a proof. The the fact that he called it the shaytan. Yeah. He called the music instrument shaytan. Mm. That means that the music instrument shaytan. Mm. That's not a good thing. The prophet didn't correct him and say, "No, no, 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 no. Music is fine." Why are you calling it shaytan? But that's just, I don't know. I don't no. know things weak. But saying just leave them, let them carry on. It's clear that it's not. No, I'm saying there's two things that happened here. Leave. There's two things that happened. Abu Bakr is stopping his daughter. He was told off for that. Yeah. And the usage of the word I mean Zmaru Shaytan and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Calling him Zmaru Shaytan. That wasn't corrected from the Prophet. That's something we, okay, you okay. could you should look into. Okay. This, the other the, the, the next point I want to go into is that this first first of all it falls under the Ghina al Mubah that we were talking about. Because Ahmad ibn Hanbal, a great Imam, Muhammad Ja'far ibn Muhammad, and he said, I said to Abi Abdullah Yani Ahmad ibn Hanbal. I said to him, An Aisha Jawari Yuganina Aisha had al Ghina. Honey, what is this singing that they were singing? What is it? He said, They were just singing. No musical instrument was used. Khalal narrated that in his kitab, Al-Amr bin Ma'ruf and Ali Munkar. Ibn al-Jawzi narrated that in his Talbis Iblis. Ibn Athir, who's he's an imam in the Arabic language, and what he does is that he takes the words that are strange, the words that need clarification. It's called Al-Nihayat Fi Gharib Al-Hadith. He takes that word, and what does he do? He takes the word and he defines it, explains it to you. If it's in a hadith, he will mention it, he will expand on it. It's a very good book. Darum al-Jawzi, the tabah of it with the tahqiq of Shaykh Ali Hassan Halabi. Ibn Athirin, he said, in Nihaya, he said, when he came to the hadith, he said, Tunshidani al-Ash'ara. They were only saying poetry. Alati qilat yawma bu'athin. That was said of the day of bu'atha. That's what he said. And Aisha at the ending of the hadith, if you look at it, she mentions, they were not singers. She affirmed the singing and negated another singing. Mm. The, the singing that was affirmed here was what? I mean, the singing that was affirmed is that she was uh, the first type of singing, which is the one we said is permissible. Okay. And the second one that she's prohibiting is that they were not known singers. Ibn Hajar, when he came to Hadith Bukhari. He says, explaining this issue, he said, Al-ghina yutlaqu ala raf'i sawt. They raise their voices. And then he mentions, Wa ala tarannumi, wa ala al-hidai. Wa la yusama fa'iluhu mughaniyan. The person who is doing that is not called a singer. Wa inama yusama bidalika man yushidu bitamqeetan wa taksirin wa tahyijin wa tashweekin fi ma fihi ta'aridhu al-fawahish wa al-tasrah. Qadir Iyad said the same thing. But important, in his debaj, Suyuti mentions it, as it's in the debaj of Suyuti. Suyuti brought the statement of Al-Qadi Al-Iyad Al-Yahsubi. Also, Suyuti says in Zahr al-Ruba, Munawiyu in Hashiyatul Mujtaba, Ibn Abd al-Barr, Ibn Abd al-Barr, his kalam, وَهَذَا الْبَابُ مِنَ الْغِينَ الَّذِي أَجَازَهُ الْعُلَمَا, he says. وَوَرَدَتِ الْآثَارُ عَنِ السَّلَفِ بِإِجَازَتِهِ وَهُوَ يُسَمَّى غِنَاءُ الرَّكْبَانِ That's what Ahmed said. وغناء النصب والعداء هذه الأوجه من الغناء إلى خلاف في جوازها بين العلماء. There's no dispute amongst the scholars in the permissibility of this type. Okay, there's another hadith that the, the people tend to bring, which is uh, uh, narrated by Ibn Umar, 
anhuma, who said that he heard a pipe. It's translated. You can have a look at the Arabic. A pipe, and he put his fingers in his ears. Who did that? Ibn Umar, radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. Um, and he was with Nafi' Sahih. And he said that He went away from the, He went away from the road And he asked Nafi' anhu, have you, are, you, are you listening to anything? Are Sahih. you still hearing anything? Sahih. He said no And he said he then took the fingers out And obviously at the time There was some kind of singing Sahih. Or music or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it Singing was, was happening um, And, and he said I was with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And he heard like this And he did like this uh-huh. Now the question here is that If the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Was with Ibn Umar Radiallahu anhuma and there was singing or music going on. And the Prophet put his fingers in his ears. He didn't want to hear it. But he never told Ibn Umar to do the same. How would the Prophet allow Ibn Umar to do something haram when his job is to correct the companions and to remove them from haram? This is a very good point, mashallah. But these points, you know, it's, it's always repeated. That's the thing. These people, if it gets responded to, they can bring it again. If it gets responded to, they bring it again. So I hope, inshallah ta'ala, the answer that's given here really sinks in for people. There's a difference between Samia and istama'a. Samia means you heard and you listened. No one's blamed ever for hearing something. He's blamed for listening to something. Okay. Ibn Taymiyyah pointed this out. Abdullah ibn Umar did the best of what should be done. The best of what was done is that if you hear it, had to put your fear from it. But we don't say to a person who's on a car and music is playing, but he doesn't listen to it. It's played, he can hear it, but he's not listening to it. He's not a sinner. So you go into the supermarket, they're just playing music in, in the, the background. background. No. And you're not intentionally listening to it, it's just no. there. You're not, it's not a sin. No. There's a fatwa legend that he may pass the fatwa. Ibn Taymiyyah before that said this. So you don't, okay, okay. So this issue is hearing it. So na, you, you have to prove to me that Nafir was listening to the music. He just put his finger in. And then after he asked him, is it on? Nafir said, let me hear it now. Yeah, it's, it's gone now. Do you see my point? Yeah. So it's, Same it, with the Prophet ﷺ. His sahabas were not listening to the music. They could hear it if they were asked. It's like me saying, Akhi, can you hear that music? Mm. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I can hear it. Because I've now told you. But all that time it was on. I didn't even notice it. You didn't notice it. But when I t- ask you, you go and you listen. Yeah, it's on. So this hadith is not a proof for someone to listen to music, uh, okay? The most that it can be said is that someone is in a place where music is playing okay. and is, you know, he's not listening to the music it's a, you know, and he's walking by somewhere. And he, if some two people are insulting each other, do I have to put my finger in my... Mm. Someone's used, two people are using the F word and this and that, they're mm. arguing with each other. Do I have to put my finger in my, my, my fingers in my ear? It's best to avoid anything going into your it's heart from and mind. It's from, from wara and taqwa. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't mean you have to do that Same If you're walking Every time you hear music You don't put your finger You don't have to It's not a must Because you're not listening If you're listening Yes There's so. probably a proof That on the other side On your side That why the Prophet Doesn't even do this In the first place If music was completely fine Sahih Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Okay fine uh, The next one And I think this is a, the, the final one Is the Hadith of Buraida Where the uh, Messenger Sallallahu alayhi wa Came back from an expedition and a slave girl said to him, O Messenger of Allah, I took an oath that if Allah returned you safely, I would beat the duff for you and sing. Hmm. And the Messenger وسلم, said, If you have taken an oath, then beat it. And if you have not, then do not. Again, we, we mentioned this is the type, the duff is permissible for the women, for number one. It's something that's legislated. Alhamdulillah, you've proven that. And also, Qudum, somebody coming, we mentioned it's from the Ghina, which is Bubah. And if someone can sing for someone, 
who's coming and وهكذا. this is this, this is, is the first the first type of mu- uh, singing that we already discussed we mentioned okay i don't think there's anything else that i have on my sheet to bring i think the only other one is you've already mentioned that the word mizmar does not necessarily mean musical instruments because there's another hadith where you've mentioned it a couple of times already when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was listening to abu musa recite the quran and he said this man has been the the, the mizmar of the the family of uh, Ali Dawood basically Sahih. and that obviously doesn't say that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was glorifying music like some people claim Sahih. rather mizmar just means the the beautiful mm. voice yeah and actually to be honest Talathul Alim, 30 scholars in Aimmatul Islam, they transmitted a Ijma on this issue. I feel like it's true that music is prohibited. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, Imam al Awza'i, Ibn Jarir al Tabari, Imam al Ajuri, Ijma, these people transmitted Ijma. Abu Tiba al Tabari, Al Baghawi, Ibn Gudama, Ibn Salah, Ibn Abbas al Qurtubi, Al Nawawi, Ibn Utaymiya, Ibn al Qayyim, Ibn Rajab, Ibn Hajar al Haytami. All these great scholars. They're not saying it's, it's, it's haram. No, no, no. They're saying ijma'. You have to understand, this is not difference of opinion, it's issues. The second type that we mentioned from singing and the musical instrument are unanimously agreed upon. Like in the women, in situations, it's permissible for them. Women are allowed to have music, يعني, they're allowed to sing and they, you know, they're allowed to use the deaf specifically. Nothing else was mentioned for them. The deaf, they're allowed to use it. Like in men are not allowed to. Men are never allowed to use the deaf. In no situation is a man allowed. And that man, so Mukhannat ibn Taymiyyah, he says, That's all that we know, he said. We don't know men doing يعني, deaf for men. This is what the, the man who sings is a Mukhannat. It's like transgender, they say, hemophrodite, transgender, like these kind of terms. Ibn Taymiyyah says in the 22nd volume, in his Majmu'u al-Fatawa, page 154, he says, It's for the women to sing and to use the deaf. Mm-hmm. The men who did that were referred to as what? Muhannath. And today we look up to those people and we say, subhanAllah, he's a rapper, he's a singer. Man, this guy is good. And we give them so much attention. Mm-hmm. Ibn Abidin, he said, I'lam anna taghaniya lillahwi awli jam'i rijali wa nisai haramun bila khilaf. Ibn Abidin, in his hashiyah, he mentions that. Abu Bakr ibn al-Arabi, in his aridatul ahwadi. He says, فَإِنْ كَانَتْ حُرَّةً فَلَا يُسْتَمَعُ إِلَيْهَا لِأَنَّ الْأَمَةَ لَيْسَ وَجْهَهَا عَوْرَةٌ وَلَا صَوْتُهَا بِخِلَافِ الْحُرَّةِ Again, even the women, a, a free woman cannot do it in front of a man. Like in a woman who is what? It's a slave, which the hadith of Jariyatayn. Because they're not awra, their face and their, their voices are not awra. So the scholars, they gave an exception uh, to that. Now. Okay, so you've mentioned just now that there are 30 scholars that um, transmitted ijma'ah. And ijma'ah is not like you said, just my opinion is this, or yes. this is haram. It's actually consensus, which is a proof in the religion as we've already gone so. through in this podcast and other podcasts as well. The question is though, however, a lot of people still claim that this is, the strongest opinion might be that it's haram, but there is still a valid difference of opinion. And even across my research that I was doing for this podcast, I came across one, one kitab in particular, a kitab of Imam Shawkani, Nailul Awtar, where he listed many people who he claimed, or many ulama, many scholars who he claimed that they saw it to be permissible, uh, they saw music to be permissible. 
What's your response to this kind of thing? Actually, this is it's not it's a it's a mistaken belief. Allah, I'm talking about ijma. This ijma I mentioned of these great scholars is ijma. T- sorry, twenty three of them is actually ijma. Qawliyun. They clearly and categorically said ijma. And the other remaining ones are, yani, you can understand it from their statements and okay. the siyak and the context. Like for example, Imam Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz died one hundred and what one. It's not issue that some people make it look like, oh, this is, you guys are just Wahhabis and you guys are just, you know, extremists and you love to push the hardest, hardest view. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, yani, they say, and he was one of the most righteous people. Tariq in Islam, if you read it, and Imam Adil, Adil Haqqan, he mentioned it and he died 100 and what? 101 Hijriya. We have uh, the likes of Imam Malik. We died 179 Hijriya. We have Imam Shafi'i, we died in the year 204 Hijriya. These are big Imams. We have the likes of Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, who clearly and categorically has been narrated from him that he said that it's haram. And then Imam Ahmad, Rahimahullah, he passed away when the year was 241 Hijriya. We have Zakaria ibn Yahya Saji, who died in the year 307. We have Al-Imam Al-Ajurri, who died in the year 360 Hijriya. We have Abu Layth, Nasr ibn Muhammad, Samarqandi, Al-Hanafi, who died in the year 375 Hijriya. We have Abu Abdullah ibn Battat Al-Ukburi, who died in the year 387 Hijriya. We have Al-Qadi Abu Tiba Al-Tabari, who died in the year 450 Hijriya. Al-Qadi Abu Ya'la Al-Farra Al-Hanbali, who died in the year 458 Hijriya. We have Al-Qadi Abu Bakr Al-Shami Al-Shafi'i, who died in the year 488 Hijriya. We have Abu Bakr al-Tartushi, who died in 520 Hijriya. We have Abu Hussein ibn al-Qadi, Abu Ya'la al-Farra al-Hanbali, who died the year 526 Hijriya. We have Ibn Salah, who died in 643 Hijriya. We have Abu Muhammad Mahmud al-Dashti al-Hanafi, who died in 660 Hijriya. We have Ibn Taymi, who died 728 Hijriya. We have Al-Imam Ibn al-Qayyim, the student of Ibn Taymi, who died in 751 Hijriya. We have Muhammad ibn Muhammad al-Manbaji al-Hanbali, who died in 700 and um, 85 Hijriya. We have Ibrahim al-Din, Ibrahim ibn Umar al-Biqa'i, who died in 885 Hijriya. We have Abu al-Muhasin, Hibatullah ibn Muhammad al-Nasr al-Khuzai'i. Abu al-Muhasin, sorry. His name is Abu al-Muhasin, Hibatullah ibn Nasr al-Harrani al-Hanbali. We have also Burhan al-Din ibn Abdi al-Haq al-Hanafi. And other than them, all of those great scholars I'm mentioning, every single one of them have transmitted an Ijma'in issue. They didn't just say it's haram, it's not allowed. And ijma. I don't know if everybody wants to hear their qawl and their statements. Like in this mas'ala, truly and to be honest, some scholars, yes. Like Ibn Hazim and Shawkani are great scholars of Islam. They may have fallen into a mistake and an error in this matter. You know, maybe they have seen it in a particular way. Like in, for us to come after. Yeah. And to see these evidences being established and mentioned and these proofs being quoted and referenced. Yani, and for us to just say Ibn Hazmin said it. Yani, you, 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 don't have a del- you don't have a way out. Ibn Hazm probably has a yani, uh, hujjah for his, himself Yawm Al-Qiyamah because the evidence didn't reach him. And he was sincere. And he's great. we hope the best for these great scholars and we think good of them. Like in, you, what's your excuse? Imam Allah Ta'ala Yawm Al-Qiyamah. You're going to say Ibn Hazmin said mm. when somebody already told you Allah said. I see. Yeah, it's a very strong point. So to, to summarize the discussion, to, to simplify it to many people who may be watching at home, inshallah, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm going to try and do this off memory. But essentially, you started by dividing the issue of music and singing into three categories. One is a permissible type, which is basically naturally raising your voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might have a very, very slight 
melody or tune to it, but it's nothing that's unnatural. And this is used, used this this kind of uh, singing was used at the time of the Prophet wasallam to boost morale and things like that. Sure. The second type is the impermissible type, which is where you go unnaturally trying to make a tone to your voice and put a melody on it. And that even this type is only permissible for women. And even then it's only permissible for women in specific situations like weddings and Eid and things like that. That's true. And then we have the third type, which is completely impermissible, which is when people use either the first or the second type, but the permissible or the impermissible, and they use this kind of singing and music in an attempt to get closer to Allah. <laughs> and it's completely haram, it's impermissible. True. And then to prove that this is a different categories of music and, and that is haram in, in the religion of Islam, you bought many different ayats from the Quran and you haven't bought your understanding of these ayats. You haven't just quoted it for the people and just said, I believe this means this. You've actually quoted companions, uh, tabi'in, these people who are the closest to the revelation um, and many of them as well, not just one, many of them. And we actually discussed an issue of ijma' sukuti, which is basically when a companion says that this refers to music and nobody else says otherwise. And this happens many companions across many different generations. It becomes an ijma', which is a proof in our religion, just like the Quran and the Sunnah mm -hmm. proof. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, you mentioned the hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari, which clearly and categorically states, and we went through in great detail with the Senate to prove that it's authentic. And secondly, the Metan, which is the actual text itself. And we proved that this clearly and directly says that music, just like alcohol, silk for men and zina is not permissible. And the Prophet actually rebuked and he actually um, spoke harshly against the people who made it halal, just like somebody may be watching this and thinking that music is halal. Uh, and then finally, you bought the ijma'at of many, many, many different scholars. And again, just one of them is a proof in our religion. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there are so many of them across so many generations. Um, and you responded, to, responded also to some of the questions brought forward from the other side. Mm -hmm. And you've dismissed them. Is that a fair summary? That's a fair summary. And I also just want, you did a good job. Wallahi, I also want to mention people a lot too. Yani, read yani, these shubuhat that are brought by you know, people who are not going to give you the answers. Don't, and not every khilaf that comes is given weight. Hmm. If Ubaidullah ibn al Hassan al Ambari, who died in 168 Hijriya, and Ibrahim ibn Sa'd al Qurashi, who died in 183 Hijriya, and Ibn Hazm al Zahir, who died in 456 Hijriya, and Abu Hamid al Ghazali, who died in 505 Hijriya, and Muhammad ibn Tahir al Qaisarani al Sufi, who died in 507 Hijriya, their khilaf. With it, the scholars, they didn't give it consideration. Al-Qadi Al-Tib Al-Tabari, Al-Qadi Al-Tabari, in his kitab Al-Raja Ala Man Yuhibbu Al-Sama'a, he says, Ajma'a ulama'i al-Amsar, ala karahati al-Ghina, wal-man'i minhu, to prohibit it. Wa'inna ma'farak al-Jama'ati rajulani, two men went against the Jama'a, Ibrahim ibn Sa'adin and Ubaidullah. Ba'thalik, he didn't give it, he said, Ijma'a, and then he went, he mentioned those two. So not every khilaf or every person who comes and says things, and do we say, ah, oh, there's a difference of opinion. There are some scholars on this side and there are some scholars on this side. When we look at the muhaqqiqeen min ahli al-ilmi, those scholars I mentioned, all the 20, 30 scholars that I have, they didn't give weight to the khilaf of Ibn Hazmin or the khilaf of uh, Abu Hamid al-Ghazali or anyone. They didn't. They just pushed it to the side. And just to clarify, because I've got a couple of notes here, that when we first talked about the issue of singing and you categorize it in al-ghina and you categorize yeah. it in three parts, I did say we're not even talking about musical instruments, we're just talking about singing. 
throw on musical instruments. I know it's come up many times in our discussion. Musical instruments takes the same ruling. Yeah, it takes, it's, yeah it's, it takes the same. It's definitely. And and the same with because obviously you said at the time in the introduction, singing as in the act of singing. What about listening to someone singing? It takes the same. We've yeah, mentioned yeah, of it course. again. again we've mentioned it many, many times throughout Definitely. this podcast. Definitely. But I just want to make that absolutely clear. Also, there's a lie that some people put out there about Imam Shafi'i said Shafi'i permitted music. And he's, you know, the call of issue of Ahlul Medina and etc. Yeah. Al Qadi Abu Bakr al Shami al Shafi'i, who died in uh, 488 Hijriya, he says, and Ahlul Medina from the people of Medina, it's a lie. Because this man, Ali al-Kurdi, is a liar. He lies a lot. وكذلك ابن الطاهر القيصراني من أن شافعية مر بدار قوم that Imam Shafi'i went and passed a group of people وجارية تغنيهم and there's a جارية singing for them. And Shafi'i رحمه الله تعالى listened to it وهكذا. Even Abu Bakr al-Husni, the author of the kitab, يعني the شرح of the kitab متى بشجاع كفاية الأخيار. He debunked that. He said, هذا ابن الطاهر خبيث دجال صنف في هذا الشأن كتابا اشتمل على خبائث من الكذب حتى عزم ما هو مجمع على تحريم إلى أئمة الهدى منهم الشيخ أبو اسحاق الشيرازي والشافعي وغيرهما وتجاسر حتى كذب على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. And then accept it. So, honey, if you would really want to know these issues, one of the great books that's written on is مدارج السالكين. Uh, sorry, إغاثة اللهفان في مصايد الشيطان ابن القيم. He speaks about it nicely there. In زاد المعاد he speaks about it even in good points as well. تلبيس إبليس by ابن جوزي. Okay. Also, Ibn Rajab al Hanbali speaks about it. Like in yani, other books that some people are trying to read, I don't want to mention the books because some people might want to go and see those books. I can avoid those books. Okay, I want to finish with some closing questions. And I really want to bring this issue to the contemporary, to our modern day situation. So, most of my questions are going to be surrounding the questions that people ask generally. You mentioned on the podcast that there's a difference between a and al istima', listening and hearing. Some people may be asking, is it permissible? to eat at a restaurant, for example, willingly, um, and you know there's going to be music on in the background and things like that, like you get in many of the Western countries. Is that okay? Going there knowing the music is on is different from having to go and you're hungry, you need to go, then no problem. But um, if the music is on, I mean, you shouldn't go there, Lashak, you should avoid going to it. Um, any places like malls where people generally love to go and places where music is playing, if you have to, like in Labas, Tahurun, inshallah ta'ala. Okay. Um, uh, what about uh, giving da'wah through poetry? So we're talking about the permissible side. And I know we covered this before, but just to reiterate, we're talking about the permissible side. So the, it's not like, um, you know, the normal just raising your voice. Spoken word, for example, a lot of people call it spoken word. Uh, first of all, let's remove da'wah from it. Are you allowed to do spoken word poetry? Spoken word poetry, like break it down for for me and the listeners as well. Like someone is just standing on a stage and they're just reciting a poem that they've written and the poem rhymes, but there's no melody. You just yeah, I don't see any problem. Okay. okay, and so listening to that is okay. But what about someone with the intention, like many people do, giving da'wah through these poems? Now you're doing it something to get closer to Allah. Yeah, yeah. So that making that your your way of da'wah. Whenever you want to give da'wah, you poetry, poetry. Daddy, that's not something. A person should make their shawl or shagil. And every time your poetry, it's poetry coming out to do, do poetry, and that's your way of da'wah. It's best to avoid it. Yani sometimes the deen was defended by poetry. We can't deny that. Yani the Prophet said, Hassan ibn Thabit, also, also, yani, yani, go and, yani, with your poetry and speak. Mm. So 
the deen can be defended and we we memorize some books in poetry form yani nadms we read them and stuff like that but science of the religion is protected through these poetic forms so but like in all the time the person just that was always like that it's, 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 don't make it your but if you do it no problem here and there someone listen to acapella like you have a song for example but you take the music out and it's just a rapper for example and it's almost like he's talking but it's a cappella is that permissible to listen to um uh, but how did that person get that tune they had to have listened to the music sah no like i'm sure on youtube people upload a cappella tracks so they've actually done the editing where they've stripped the music and they just have the voice of the the artist the, the rapper i don't, i don't know that cappella properly okay fine no problem what if the content of the permissible type of music the one where it's just raising a voice permissible type of singing but the content is un- anti-islamic is talking about alcohol and drugs is that permissible no la shak that's haram mujma'un ala tahrimi okay um the last one is reciting quran in a melodious tone like you hear about the maqamat yeah the different like you know these yeah, really great scholars of islam prohibited it and spoke about it the great quran of our time sheikh mulbaz gave fatwa against it it goes too much and it goes into the second category. yeah yeah there's there's, there's reciters who are very musical when you hear the recitation of the quran you're is this quran mm. there's the one i heard uh, he's he was reading the quran sounds like a song basically mm. okay last thing then a, a summary if you if you want to just sum up the discussion today and if you could say like including some just advice for someone who's listening to music and who's struggling to get off music for example and they really want to uh, they want to leave music after listening to this podcast what kind of advice would you give this person والله ده بوينت انا مانتين ابا ابن الجوزي رحمه الله واللي سالني تلبيس ابليس ينبغي للعاقل ان ينصح نفسه واخوانه ويحذر تلبيس ابليس في اجراء هذا الغناء المحرم مجرى الاقساب المتقدمه التي يطلق عليه اسم الغناء فلا يحمل الكل المحملا واحدا فيقولها قد اباحه فلان وكرهه فلان والله this is the way that shaytan gets to a person and it's been from the deceptions of shaytan i found my personally that many people who've been struggling with sins, who've been يعني, falling to zina, who, يعني, they, it's through music. Music, killing, zina, all of it, it makes it f- easy. Specifically, the lyrics they use, it makes it people. Also, this concept of depression and anxieties, this is, it gives you it. A lot of people, they connect themselves to it. I know people who, who told me that I listen to when I'm sad, this music. Mm. And when I'm happy, I listen to this music. And when I'm reading, I want to. I'm walking. I do. I listen to you this music. And when I do this, I'm. And then what happens to them is when they strip themselves from the music, they're dark. They're mm. feel. They're feeling hurt and heartbroken. You see, it's kind of like a drug, and you have withdrawal symptoms when you get off a drug. Like you're not. You you can't function. You can't function. Also, the the yani many ill yani many muharramat yani zina 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 boyfriend and girlfriend and it comes through lyrics. Women talking about men, men talking about women. Uh, all of this makes somebody want to go commit zina mm. and want to have, you know, sexual intercourse with someone that is not halal for them because it becomes normal. Like you heard this lyrics, it was said, and you heard this lyrics, it was said, and this lyrics, it becomes normal to you, yeah. and you lose them. One of the greatest qualities a person should have, which is shyness, haya. Mm. desensitized to it. How you used to, and the I Prophet sallallahu he told us in a hadith. Istahyu min Allahi haqqa al-haya Be shy of Allah the way he deserves to be shy of This and is actually a good answer to a lot of people who Sorry to inter- interject A lot of people ask that 
What is the harm? Like uh, murdering someone, you're taking someone's life. There's a clear harm there. Zina, even you'll probably give birth to a child who in a, a family where the dad's going to run away, for example. There's a clear harm there. Music is has no harm. You're just in your own house. You're not harming the society. You're not harming the people. But as you mentioned here, there are many, many reasons and many harms that occur from that and what it leads to. That's a good answer for that, that shubha. Yeah, yeah, it does. And... Uh the hadith I was mentioning, which is that the Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi be shy of Allah the way he deserves to be shy of. And the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, inna nistahiyu min Allah. Alhamdulillah, we are shy of Allah the way he deserves. Then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, the one who is shy of Allah the way he deserves to be shy of. Rasa, let him protect his head and everything on it. Your head and everything that's on it. Walbatna and the stomach, and everything that's in it. Don't eat what is haram. So what's it on your head that you need to protect? Your eyes, your ears, your mouth. All of these you need to protect it. Mm. And the stomach, meaning don't eat one. Then the Prophet Sallallahu he said, um, Remember death and the day you're going to stand in front of Allah. So, why do you want to listen to music when you have the Qur'an? Mm. Wallahi, the Qur'an, if you, you, لِلنَّاسِ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ The Qur'an, you have the book of Allah right in front of you. This Qur'an came down on the mountain in crumble. Not only that, Allahumma barik, you have beautiful reciters who touch your heart, penetrate your heart, the recitation of the Qur'an when you listen to it. What would, anyone who has the Qur'an and has Muhammad Khalil al-Husari and Manshawi, Wallahi, I don't, subhanallah, Hakikatan, Mahmoud Khalil Husari and Manshawi and these great Imams of the Quran, when you have them, why would you ever want to listen to anyone else? Or somebody else? Or why would you want to listen to music? La shak. Also, um, I know a lot of brothers well, who are very good brothers, very good, shy, good to their parents. They listen to this stuff. They lost everything. They lost their wives, they lost their children, they lost they lost their you know the the respect they had for their parents and the good kids they were. I, I, I Allah, has never saw in my heart life the course of my life that I've lived. I have not seen, and I'm, I don't really generally like these blank statements like this. I haven't seen anything that can destroy a person the way that uh, uh, our uh, music can. The reason is because everything comes from it. Mm. Zina comes from it, Liwat comes from it, alcohol comes from it, murdering comes from it, bad friends come from it. And it's it's the source of all evil, especially at our time. I always used to ask back in the days, always used to ask people, I used to say to them, whenever they come and they complain to me about, I'm trying to, do you listen to music? Mm. That was one of my first questions I had on my on my discussion with them. If he says yes, I'll say, first of all, stop that. Yeah, and you'll pray, you'll fast, you'll be good to be your parents, everything. This thing, subhanAllah, you know, these headphones that they put in and they listen to, and they, it's made, it's made people monsters. Young youths that you're seeing, uh, you, they're in a civilized world, in Europe. Yani some of them tell me, well, actually, for two, three days, I haven't eaten, man. I'm hungry, I haven't eaten for two, three days, I'm starving. You what you look at him, he, you know, he's not clean. His nails are dirty. His clothing's, yeah. And the situation is sad, Allah, and a lot of it because 
And we look at it, be honest. A lot of these brothers, his names are Abdullahi and Ahmed and Khalid and Zayd, Zainab and Amina and Fatima. They grew up in a house where their moms are. Yani, Quran was played when they, you know, they were going to Duxi on Saturday, Sunday, Quran classes on Saturday, Madrasa on Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday. And good parents, a good household. Where did they learn about? Uh, I'm looking after my ends, my turf, يعني, my, 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 يعني, my يعني, postcode. Mm. What postcode are you talking about? You're from Somali, African skin. <laughs> it's غريب. Well, it's غريب, غريب جداً. Mm. What, what postcode do you know? Like, please, just... Mm. This is owned by the Queen. It's owned by the, either the Conservative Party or the Labour Party. This is not your postcode. <laughs> fight. And then when he moves from that postcode, he moves to another. He's fighting for the other postcode <laughs> that other ends. And it comes from the gangster rap and the hip hop and the things mm. like that. Mm. Where did he, he got that from? Another guy in America, يعني, who's not a Muslim, who يعني, fell off in life, who يعني, even the non-Muslims see him to be the lowest of the lowest. These rappers are the lowest of the lowest. يعني, Aradil. Yeah. And then Muslims are looking at them like But many Muslims actually look up to him And almost idolize him to a certain extent And his name is Ahmed يعني Fatima, Her name is يعني, يعني Why are you looking up to A non-Muslim Kafir And not even he's just Kafir Because there are Kafir who are educated or learned Or anything like that Why out of all of the things you could have copied the non-Muslims in If you don't want to listen You still want to copy the non-Muslims Why are you listening? Why are you watching these ones? Do you understand my point? Yeah. It's weird. You know, the people today, sad, but we think civilization is following the non-Muslims in the things that, yani, it doesn't bring honor to Islam. Why would you follow the Muslims in football? Why would you follow the non-Muslims in music? Why would you follow the non-Muslims in clothing? Why would you, all of that is no value. If you really want to follow them, follow them in technology and how mm-hmm. they do it. So, mm-hmm. Follow them in the worldly progression they've come with. You don't. You're backwards on that. <laughs> You're following these things. It's غريب غريب والله. Also, the people who've given you these fatwa that music is allowed, and you can mm. sing and do music. Remember, they're not going to come with you. You're going to be alone. You're going to be questioned, Allah Taala, by yourself. And these people who give this fatwa to the people. I ask them one question. When you came out and you gave this fatwa to the people and you say music is a difference of opinion, one question I have, I don't want to ask you any other question, just one question. Did you feel that the ummah was so backwards for not listening to music that you felt that it was a necessary thing for you to come forward and say to them, music is a difference of opinion, listen to it. There's a difference of opinion, listen to it. That's the first question I ask. And the last I ask, if you don't, if that's not the case, then... There's many other things you could have told the Muslims to do. I conclude there, inshallah. Um, I look forward to, inshallah, Allah grants us life to see you on the Hot Seat Podcast once again. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu wa la ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk.